11 o'clock comics episode 175 wow that was strong feisty wasn't it wow that was strong wow he has no respect for the meters none the way it should be I love the meters. They're one of my favorite bands. You love jam band meters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I love her husband. I love her husband more. You're probably jealous of her. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't I be you? It's Robert Funny. Smith. So Jan, Craig's hair. What yeah. hair? Bald. His cube. His that hair. His pubis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this got off the rails real quick. Talking about Greg, yeah, his, his penis. Papi Capullo. Ah. Ah. Hi, boys. What the hell? Wasabi. Wasabi? Nothing. Racing for the impact this weekend, buddy. You, you, you best be alert. Huh? What, the hurricane? I'm so tired of, of weather just... Oh, but, but no, everybody let that's, we all know there, there's nothing wrong with the planet. There's no climate control. And that. It, like, uh, we it's got, got we, nothing to do with global we, warming. We got, we got, we got this shitty fucking winter that would never end. Last winter, yep. you had, had an earthquake. We've had, we've had a wet fucking summer. We, we've had, had earthquake. We've got a hurricane coming up the goddamn coast. It's like, I'm yep. just, I'm, I just, I'm tired of it all, man. Sick of it. Blame the I, comet. That's what it is. A goddamn comet. Or fucking sick of it. Really <laughs> When's the locusts come? Uh, they're not coming. Frogs? No. Yeah, we're going to have the worst kind of calamity. It's going to rain. Chi- no, it's going to rain Chicago pizza. It's going to fuck up the, oh, the, the landscape. Yeah, fuck hail. <laughs> That's- huh? <laughs> go there. You, David and I were getting you good. You weren't even there yesterday. No. You weren't even participating. He was crying in the corner. Well, after after our spot, which we'll get to in a minute, I've uh, I'm I'm going to take you to task. Oh, okay. wow! Yes, you planned this, I guess. Hey, everybody, uh-huh. look at this! It's eleven o'clock comics, and I am I'm I'm in a very comfortable place, and I'm Vince B. Hi. You're in a, it's a what new chair? Exactly. Ah. All right. Well, I'm glad that you are in a new chair, and I'm Christopher Neesman. and I'm 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 actually almost being um, um, suffocated or crushed to death because I have my my Walt Simonson Artist Edition on my lap, uh-huh. so I'm not very comfortable. It's huge. When'd you get that? This last weekend. It's part of the story I'm going to tell you. Oh, goody. Oh, yay. <laughs> yeah, boy. Story time with Uncle Chris. Oh, nice. I'm going to get a blanket so he can <laughs> touch me in my nether. And a whoopee. Uh, did Chris go? You said you're... Chris go, yes. yes. I'm David Price. Wow. What a build-up. I'm just saying, hey, I'm trying to find out. I'm trying to stay on the same page, man. I just, right. I don't know what's going on. And I'm the Brown Hornet. <laughs> <laughs> Does his own sound effects, ladies and gentlemen. No, you're not the Brown Hornet. You are Jason. No, you're Jason Wood. And uh, this episode, 
of uh, 11 o'clock comics has been brought to you by deep damn dish chicago pizza no uh discount <laughs> discount comic book service dcbservice.com do not under any condition pay retail for your comic books you don't have to because you can get them at huge discounts prices slashed anywhere from 30 to 75 percent off check this out the upcoming uh rizzo and uh who's that other guy that's doing the writing what's his name Azarello. oh azarello yeah that's <laughs> like space pizza that spaceman thing for vertigo that they got coming up the first issue is only a buck but if you order it through dcbs you're only going to pay 50 cents holy crap the uh jack davis drawing american pop culture hardcover 35 percent off which reduces it to a very reasonable 32 dollars and 49 cents Plus, Jason Aaron and Silvestri's Hulk, half off. $1.99. You cannot beat it. You're not going to get better prices on this stuff anywhere. So check them out. Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com. Enlighten and, yourself. Yeah. What? And before, and before we get to the drink roll call, um, first of all, a huge shout out for seven years of service and being just one of the best people that you've never heard of unless you listen to 11 o'clock comics uh one of the best people in the industry major congratulations to uh zach crucy who is yep. leaving dcbs and and taking uh, a teaching position which has been a dream of his for a long time so uh while i'm happy for him uh i'm really gonna uh, i'm gonna miss uh zach at, at dcbs so As so say uh, we all yeah, it's his bittersweet. He, did he do what I asked him to do this weekend when you saw him? Throw a bunch of free shit into your box? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I told him, I said, when you see Chris, punch him in the balls. He did not punch me in Damn the balls. He gave me, a big, he gave me a big old hug and a kiss. And a reach around, and rub and tug. Reach <laughs> around. Well, yeah, soft hands, that Zach Uh No, I was... Uh, I was down in uh, in Fort Wayne this last weekend for a for a curling tournament, but it was great because I got to go. Shut up, because I'm coming back to you. I love about it when that. all the hairdressers have oh. these competitions. Honest to God, hilarious. And you in know, this corner, you know, it's Blanche. You, you, you fucking nerds should know go, better. Go ahead. That, go ahead. That, and to pick on people for their for their their eclectic interest. So anyway, I'm I'm in for you. Should be ashamed of yourself. Ashamed of yourself. <laughs> I'm uh I'm down in Fort Wayne, and that also gave me uh, a chance to drop by the the DCBS store, and uh, and I saw Ben Teed there, and, oh, uh, and our, uh, I saw our buddy uh, Andrew Tom, not not at DCBS, uh, but over the weekend, uh, and while I was there, I was able to you know I went over and talked to Ben, and I was like, hey, you know my my order hasn't shipped, um, you know I'm on the on the twice a month. Can I go ahead and pick my stuff up? And he's like, oh yeah, sure, fine. So he go, goes and grabs uh, all, all my all my stuff, which I'll I'll talk about a little bit more later. But you know, like the the Mighty Thor uh, artist edition and, and a couple other things. But you know, th they're just there's such good people there. And uh, uh, Ali Coluccio, uh from iFanboy, who is also a curler, came in from New Jersey. For the for the tournament, and so I took her national to championship. You know, um, honestly, there was a cash event there, and there were at least um, three Olympians at the at the tournament. There so yeah, 
yeah, it was kind of a it was kind of a thing. Um, but what I was getting to, and and what I'm gonna um, bust uh, Vince on, we uh, played a team our third our third match, and uh, it was the uh, Anthracite Curling <laughs> Club from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Really? Did you beat them? Yes. Good for you. Yes, handily actually. But now they I get it handily. They they have they have learned the curls and you have you sir have no excuse that to to not go and at least try it out now. You can't be serious. I'm serious. You will break my heart if you Dude, don't I'm go. not a, I I don't, I don't like the ice. No thanks. It's it's Wilkes-Barre. It's right there. Ah. Oh man! Take the, take, take the kids. Take the wife. It will be an awesome. It will be an awesome outing for you. I'll be very upset if you don't go and and try the curling. I got nothing. <laughs> I really do. I have. What do I? I you you got to at least your kid alone. Your kids would love to go and try it out. We'll see. So you got to promise me, as I would take that. I would take that as my Christmas present from you. Oh wow! wow. You wow. Like that. Yeah, but I'm gonna like that. I know I'm gonna have to take pictures then if I go because you're not gonna believe me that yeah. I went. If yeah, you and the if you and the family plan a day to to go curling. Fuck. All right. Oh yay! Wow. You guys, you at least heard one, it here, folks. Unheard of, Jason. <laughs> say it. Unheard of. Thank you. Yes, right. but after, after we see the pictures, will it not be a good look? <laughs> it's not going to be a good look. Well, a big well, dog you know, stain on my pants from where I pissed him on the ice. Right. <laughs> you you know what you know what you do after you curl, right? Uh, you tease. I don't know. You drink. You drink. So we oh, get, okay. We should probably get onto the drink roll call for tonight. So, uh, so Vince, since you've just made my made my month by promising to go to the uh, the Anthracite Curling Club, um, why don't you lead us off? Black and tan. Moving on. Nothing wrong. Yeah. I'm doing a. I'm doing an off. As soon as he really? said off, he goes off. Uh huh. But that's badass. Like Christopher. Hello. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what? You hit the mute. Huh? 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 What? Oh, there we go. Am I there? Uh, right in the <laughs> toilet from, from, from Jump Street. Yeah. All right. Um, on and on until the break of dawn. Uh, David, how about you? Uh, it's a numer lot from California. Redwood <laughs> Creek, established 1890. It's a vintage 2009. Ooh. Well, that was go. a good year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rivet radio. <laughs> going, going down fast. Mr. Wood, how about you? We're like Amberlynn. Uh, th- this one that goes out to my, my main man, Sean Pryor. Uh, I am drinking some Grape Juice Plus. Oh, boy. What's the plus? Excitement. Dude, if you guys don't know, he's going to be crushed because he asked for one of you to make that reference. Yeah, I know. He did. I missed it. Grape I didn't see that plus today. is the name of champagne in the Planet of the Apes uh, movies. Yeah. I would have gotten that. I would not have gotten that. Okay. Yeah, you got me. Uh, Having uh, an old old favorite, uh, some uh, Jim Beam and Squirt (laughs) this evening. 
it's I think our last really hot day this year. We uh, we touched ninety, and it's uh, getting to the end of August. So uh, I think that was our last hot day of the year. So I'm uh, I'm gonna uh, ride summer out on the, on the bourbon and uh, and squirt train. So I don't know about that. I think it's gonna stay hot for a little while. I you don't think, think so, man. I, yeah. I think we're. We're we're dipping back down in the in the uh, low 80s tomorrow, and I know I know Chicago well enough that uh, whenever you start seeing that, I, d- I don't think we're going to get hot again. So that's okay. Football's in the air. I'm ready. It's bring on the bring on the fall weather. It means New York Comic Con's right around the corner. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Whoa. Hey, well before we get started, mm-hmm. I got oh, some. We are starting, oh, but I got. I gonna, thank you. Be, no, I don't have a thank you. Before we get in deep, you do. I do. Go well, on. Let fly then. I want to thank Mr. Rob C. Vela V E L A for sending me two Avatar series, Super Gods, written by Warren Ellis. Nice. It's good. I can't wait. And Christos Gage Absolution. Huh. Did, I did nice. not read that. That's good. You read I'll it. Let you know how it is. I'll I'll let you yeah. read it when I'm done. Yeah. With it. It's it's um kind of um there with the uh, the rash of uh, like irredeemable and the mighty and you know comics with the uh, you know uh, uh, the guy I'm not gonna like yeah yeah um, yep yep the the superhero gone bad kind of thing. It's but I'm I'm really looking forward to Super God. He uh he he, he mentioned it. On uh, on Twitter and told me he was unloading some things. So uh, I received that and I received it last. I want to say Thursday or Friday when we had a downpour and and I took pictures that I need to show the post office because they left the package. Oh no! Halfway sticking out of the mailbox, so half of the envelope was completely soaked. As I was pulling it out of the mailbox, it's like coming apart in my hand. I mean, Ooh, thankfully, nightmare. thankfully, Rob, Rob bagged and boarded them and i mean everything is fine but i mean there are pictures I, I i took pictures of this envelope with the books inside and it's just it's it's a mess you could just i don't know what the hell they were thinking what they're too lazy to go to the door I, sometimes they do when they drop off the coffee to dcbs stuff they 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 do they, they'll even put it in a, in, a, in a plastic bag like a garbage bag and leave it on the uh by the front door but i don't know what the hell they were thinking trying to shove this in the mailbox the at the new house we had uh I have a new male person. It's a woman, actually. And if the box doesn't fit in the po in the box, she used to leave. No, she used to leave it (laughs) at the bottom of the. Like we have a we have a mailbox with a post. You know what I mean? It's out in the front, so it's about two hundred feet from the house. So if you leave the package by the post, it's going to get wet. So I put an end to that shit. No way. They get too many packages. You're not gonna leave them out in the rain. They yeah, they no. they bring them right up to the. the I mean the, the the porch is right there. They could just drive. They don't even have to get out of the car. Just drive by and put it on the damn porch. There's like no consistency because we have a couple of different postal workers that that deliver our our parcels, and it's just I don't know why one person does one thing. The ne- I mean, and the our uh, our three neighbors uh, all we, we all have the four mailboxes under. Under a little like little roof that that my next door neighbor made, so like all four oh, that's across cute. the street all together. It's, it's really nice. It's 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 comfortable, but I don't know. I you ever sleep they, out there? They, they, they <laughs> well, no, the roof ain't that ain't that big, but I don't know why. They just it really it baffles me how um how there's there's just no consistency. Like I said, depends on their mood, probably. You know what I mean? 
and it happened. Catch before, him on a bad day, they'd be so like, it's not like, yeah, yeah it's I know. It's oh, package. it's raining. I don't want to go. It outside. ain't mine. Whatever happened to that credo that they had? Credo. Rain, you make sleep, me think of Nemesis you know, the Warlock the when you say credo. Oh, they'll get it there. They'll just leave it on your front porch. That's yeah. right. Yeah, we'll just get it right. wet. But anyway, this is for David. Ooh. Yeah, because uh, in my never-ending fascination with fanzines and David's, uh, I always like to report on the progress of the Comics Buyer's Guide, CBG. Yeah. Up yes, and down. Sir. They're all over the place, uh, but they're, they seem to be on a streak because I got the new issue today, number 1682, and it's a good one. And there's an article in here that will be particularly uh, attractive to David. It's by Mr. Silver Age, Craig Shutt. Craig we all know him. Yes. It's called My Favorite Fanzines, David. Ooh. Yeah. And he goes into detail on fanzines both old and new. Sort of you like got, a painting of a painting. Yeah. You got Steranko's uh, <laughs> comic scene is in here. Uh, Champion, Fantastic Fanzine, My Favorite, The Rocket's Blast and the Comics Collector, Comic Crusader. And he, then he goes on to list newer fanzines. Like, they're not dead. There's still guys, you know, fighting the good fight, actually printing fanzines the traditional way he he talks about ditko mania which i pimped on our forum a number of times there's going to be a new issue of uh charlton spotlight after all these years there's a fanzine called it's a fanzine i've never seen that one comic effect and then he goes into stuff like uh scott savidra's comic book heaven and uh Collector's Dream. It's a comic world. It's a really good issue. There's other shit in here, uh, stuff in here, in addition to the regular Peter David columns. And uh, there's, um, I guess, Captain America collectibles are taken off. Go figure. Yeah. Um, and get this. I was stunned at this. They, they like to list um, current prices for hot books. And among the hot books from uh, Atomic Avenue, and comic base. Pete Bickford has, you know, you can buy, actually buy comics through uh, comic base now. They have a gateway to their Atomic Avenue. And if you see a book that you need in your listing, you can click on it. It takes you over to Atomic That's Avenue. That's awesome, actually. Yeah, it is nice. I like it. But get this. Eerie number 32 and 27 have jumped by more than Two thousand dollars. Wait, what? Yes, according what? to this. According to this, Erie number thirty-two, May's new mint price was fifty-three hundred dollars, and what? June's June's near mint price was eighty-seven hundred dollars. Dude, wow. I have I have three of those. No, what? Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. I, I guess I'm not kidding you. Paid for for the next couple of like, years. Like in that kind of condition. One's near mint. Yeah. Dude, you gotta sell it. No way! I don't sell what? Erie. No. I know. I know. I'm the same way, dude. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Why? Dude, are you kidding me? Because the near mint one is. Huh? I bought that off the rack. No, I'm. I'm not asking why you wouldn't. Oh, why? You're crazy. We all know that. Well, I. Why? That's not why what it's going for. Up. That has to be. There has to be some tomfoolery going on. I can't imagine an issue of Erie going for eight thousand dollars. I mean, what could possibly be in that issue? I gotta now, check is, it out. This is the only place you've seen it for that price, right? I mean, you haven't done any research and checked Overstreet or anything like that. No, I just opened my mouth. I, I just saw it in here and it was like, "Whoa, look at." I did mean, do they like move a decimal point or something? No, if it says it jumped by more than $2,000 each, it's a two with a comma and three zeros. I mean, wow. it's not a misprint. That's uh, incredible. Yeah, Flash 105. You know it, it, it's eerie what? Numbers 
27 and 32. I'm going to go check them out after the show. Have they been and see reprinted in any other collections? Uh, let's see. I think, right yes, I think 27 has been reprinted because the Erie Archives do five issues apiece, and they're currently up to volume like 11 or 7. 7. Okay. Yeah, so they're past 27. Okay. So 27 has been reprinted. What's the deal? Anybody know? Um, Anybody, first, I mean, yeah, first call the five. show, email the, our, our uh, David. What's no, the number? No, it can't. It no, it's there are copies on eBay for like eight bucks. Eight bucks. Wow. Yeah, but this this doesn't say anything about CGC. And it's not. It's, it's just, not. I was just gonna say. All right. Yeah. No. It's not slab. No. I don't get it. Unbelievable. It's yeah. It's eerie, it's eerie number twenty-seven. Yeah. No, I mean here. Yeah. Twenty-seven and thirty-two. Nah, nah. And it does. It doesn't nah. say in the little price guide what what's special about it. First. No, it just says it just said it jumped. Uh, maybe the issues to watch this summer, since both jumped by more than two thousand dollars. Insane. I I, I I don't get it. I don't, it's 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 got to be some kind of trumped up mumbo jumbo that somebody's yeah, trying to make I, money on I, old copies of Erie because I really oh unheard of. I don't even think you'd have to pay. Um, $8,000 for the first issue of Erie, which was nothing more than a photocopied pamphlet. There's only like 50 of them. I, I would think one of those would for, go for less than eight eight thousand dollars it's, it's nice it's to nuts. see Garrett's mom getting a job at cbg <laughs> 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 nice but get this sir uh I, you, well go ahead no no i was just gonna say i i just i mean it it made for interesting discussion tonight i just i would really like cbg did not have a price guide it just yeah me just, too it, just, it defeats it, the purpose it really does yeah. it's like, let's focus I, on the medium not the money it's it's one reason why I kind of just that, that, that's something else that that soured me on on Wizard was that they have a price guide and they're going to talk about comics, but oh by the way, here's our Black Bull publishing yeah. division and we also have our own comics. Too, right, but in in CBG's defense, they they removed the price guide proper. This is the retailers commentary. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so it's oh, just right, 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 right in the back, like towards the letters. Yeah, and stuff? yeah. Okay. Um, did you know that a CGC 9.8 copy of All-Star Western number one sold for $10,400? Get out of here. Jonah Hex. But anyway, you know how they have the reviews? Well, they'll, they'll, uh, they get these guys to do, uh, bullet reviews of, of comics from all publishers. And, uh, this one guy, Kurt Anthony Krug, gave the uh, fly number one from xenoscope four stars but on the flip side he gives liefeld and kirkman's the infinite two and a half stars he he says that the the, the main character is a bit too cable-esque like that's a bad thing i know what's he talking about <laughs> <laughs> sounds like he's being objective he no he said he said it's a good start but you know it looks like it's the old time-worn uh time travel story and uh he, it didn't really float his boat but he said it was it's a good start well thank you will you give the xenoscope book four stars <laughs> are you serious <laughs> i mean i, I haven't read so, so, the xenoscope so, one but it's so, so <laughs> the guy who loves tarot shut up yes. um <laughs> you you had mentioned you had mentioned uh atomic avenue yeah which reminds me of something in the news this week that uh that Jason will probably have more to, to comment on than the rest of us, but kind of um, wild news about, you know, I think one of the um, uh, most well-regarded comic book chains in the country, 
abruptly closing yeah. closing up shops. So I mean, sad news out of uh, out of the Arizona uh, area, but uh, Atomic Comics um, closed up. Yeah, weird. And what was yeah, it? I four mean, I, four I stores. What's that? Was it four yeah, I think, stores? I think four. Yeah. 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 I don't know much about it other than by reputation, but it but it seemed like. Uh, the abruptness of it, I think, is what shocked everybody. Just that the, the employees didn't know they had events lined up for the coming yeah. weeks for you know appearances and stuff. And I think so. Customers think didn't know they went in to get their books, and it was yeah, yeah, yeah that's nothing. It's crazy, yeah. right? Em- em- employees and um, from from what I read, I think on Robot Six is that the uh, uh, the owner who I, I can't recall his name. Apparently, there was there was some sort of. Um, uh, automobile accident some uh some uh teenage gal ran ran a car into the in one of the shops uh, a few years ago and yeah, and yeah. there was a tremendous amount of of water damage that ensued and it sounds like that was just kind of a um it was kind of like a, a, a seeping bullet hole uh that they just couldn't recover from that uh that they're you know insurance problems and and then i guess um and jason once again probably knows more than than i do but uh, it sounds like it sounds like this was an irs uh seizure oh boy because yeah that's i mean that's what you probably i mean i only read the same things you did yeah i read the same thing it sounds like uh but you know a bummer for for you know a uh a chain of stores that had a great reputation folks that uh that watch kick ass probably remember it as Mm -hmm. uh uh the comic shop in in kick ass was anatomic comics so you know got uh, kind of some you know famous screen time there but uh you know definitely some some bummer news that uh uh that a chain that was you know kind of uh considered one of the one of the more successful in, in the country just kind of folded up like a suitcase so and, that, uh, that, mm-hmm. like the recent earthquake uh the cl- closing of atomic comics just blew up on the twitter everybody was yeah. was offering their condolences yeah. and uh but no one more so and had such a an optimistic and positive Outlook on it, but who? Rob Liefeld. I mean, yep. he must have he must have tweeted like ten times. Yeah. Oh, I know he'll be back in retail soon. He's a go getter. Yeah. He's a fighter. He he's he's a great. I mean, just offering tons of words of encouragement to to like customers That's and cool. yeah. No, he's yeah, and at the same time, everywhere promoting promoting other Arizona shops because he was like you know, and if if you are a customer there, there are other shops mm-hmm. that. Uh, that, that that are more than than happy to, to have your business and I so yeah. I mean it's just but I mean that's as, well as I mean that's just him that was kind of that was kind of the um the the big warning I saw for a lot of retailers was in um and I once again can't remember the guy's name that the owner but he said that they had they basically had to close the store down for for a few months while they were while they're rebuilding and 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 restocking the store and whenever they open back up they have something crazy like a a 50 percent drop off in in their customers so basically they they closed up and and like half of their customers either found other places to buy comics or stopped buying comics so it's, it's one of those things you kind of break the habit and and you know, people found other other things to do and other things to spend their money on. So, but that was that, that was that, that was kind of the the sad news for the week. What I think is the good news for the week is that uh, DC 
announced some of their sales numbers for yeah. the the DC New Fifty Two, and you know we know it'll probably last for like a month. But it sounds like it sounds like pre-orders on especially uh, Justice League are really strong. Two hundred thousand, and even yeah. even if it has a standard rate of attrition, the trickle down from two hundred thousand is still going to be pretty damn impressive for at least you know six to eight months. Even if they lose a little I bit was, every I, every time, I, th- I think it's as as hyper as the initial order is. I think that the drop. I think. I think everyone's going to buy number one, yeah. and then I think you'll see. I think you'll see it drop off dramatically, but it's certainly going to be more than what JLA was selling beforehand. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, yeah, they're definitely going to have a million selling month, and it starts next week because JLA number one comes out next yeah. Wednesday. I think yeah. some J- some stores JLA are doing one and Flashpoint number five. We only have two DC books next week, right? Yeah, some so, stores so are doing the midnight thing, aren't they on Tuesday? I think so. For, I would be surprised. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I think um, um all of the DC stuff wrapped up this week. Uh zombie yeah. ended today. Yeah, a bunch of uh, things uh I I don't know exactly what came out, but all the flashpoint ones uh ended today. Yeah. Zombie number 6 was the last one of that. Wah, I'm so sad. At least we got a complete story, right? There you go. Make Absolutely. an awesome collected edition. Um yeah, but uh, we were we were trying to think of what t- they didn't spe- specify what titles breached the hundred thousand mark, but you can assume that it's Batman, right? Uh, action, Green Lantern, right? yeah, Batman, Action, Green Lantern, uh, probably Detective. What else the is Dark there? Justice League. Oh, I doubt that. I'm yeah, joking. Yeah, um, oh. Hmm. What well, could be Bat- the other one? Ba- uh, Justice League, Batman, Detective. The uh, the new Superman, I'm sure. With yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, and yeah. an action, right? Okay, and and JLA did two hundred thousand, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah power units, dude. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I'm really hoping the, the, that the story <laughs> matches the art. I think of uh, American movie. Sorry, just cracks me up. It's okay. Have you guys ever seen uh, American? No, uh, I think. Oh, so. God. Yes. It's encouraging, isn't it? That, it that is. They're, it is that this is happening. I'm a little discouraged by how many of the references to it across the world were had to have the obligatory. You know, well, we'll see how long that lasts. Yeah, like, oh, I mean, because no, only because we all like we all know that like that's kind of like it'd be nice if we could just kind of like when they announced it, let's just celebrate it for what it is, and then yeah, if 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 the inevitable happens, well, then you know, it, so be it. It's but, like it's like. It's like the fan of a professional sports team the day after your team wins a championship saying, well, what are they going to do in the off season? Yeah, yeah, it's a good analogy. Absolutely. Yep. It's like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just save for the moment, people. You know. Yeah. I, I, I think the inertia will uh, propel them for a lot more than six months. Well, look, I think it'll well, like go we on keep for saying, and we'll keep saying it, 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 and we'll know in the next five weeks, it comes down to, are they going to tell engaging stories? Because yep. if they don't, have, if the stories aren't engaging and fun, then it isn't going to matter. But if the stories are really well done, and they put as much care and attention into this as some of the creators have been, you know, espousing, then then I, I really continue to have high hopes that it'll make a big difference. Yeah, most of the preview pages I've seen were surprisingly above average. 
I, I, I thought, you know, with the amount of creators they had to pull in for this and, you know, just the logistics and starting everything over and, and, and getting everything out yeah. the gate when they it's, say it's, no. It's, it's less than their normal output. I mean, it's, it's, they're dropping like, what, almost 30 issues for the month? But it's right? not, this is only the initial 52. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's going yeah, to be more. Summer, summer miniseries, but, and I, it's, I haven't been, I have that, that, that preview book that, that came in the last DCBS box. I haven't looked at that because I'm kind of really just, I want to go in blind. I don't want to look at anything other they than charge, did they charge bucks for it? I hope not. What? No, it was, it was, it was the freebie that, that, the, the little preview. Oh book. yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I know that, uh, speaking of Liefeld, he's been posting some Hawk and Dove art here and there. Yeah, and yeah. I think that there's been Kestrel and I mean, there's just been, there's been, Ooh, I didn't see Kestrel. Really? I'm pretty sure this could be suppressed oh, there. So nice. yeah, no. So I mean, it's I am really that that is one book that I'm really looking forward to. I mean, and and Mahmoud on on Supergirl, he's been Mahmoud. he's yes. been posting uh, art. I here love the new costume. Oh, he posted a splash page that was just of, of yeah. Gorgeous. It's I saw it on on Google Plus. It's it's just it's it's gorgeous. I just I mean, and I know that on Twitter they've been doing the 52 splash hashtag, so that most of the uh, the artists on the um, the books are putting out a splash page or some, some art here and there. So, I mean, if if you do want to, and I believe Jim Lee's been retweeting them, so, I mean, if you don't know who all the artists are with, with their Twitter handles... At First least of all, can, shame on you. Yeah. Right? But... But... Uh, but. You, you, you can I, follow Jim Lee and, retweet, and, and catch yeah. his retweets. But, yes, you were saying... The, the majority of the artwork has been fantastic. There are a couple clunkers, and I'm not going to be sure. specific, but it's a Wildstorm book, and it's not Stormwatch. <laughs> okay and i just thought the Ouch. art was not just uh, it was a letdown because uh, out of all the books i think i was looking forward to that one a, you know a lot more than most and i saw the preview and i was just like really storm this, this, storm this watch the- just uh, it, speaking of storm watch it seems like just such an odd book i can't help but want to read it oh it looks great it, it it kind of um I used to work at a pizza place, and at the end of the night, uh, every once in a while, we would just kind of take what was left out, left over out of the ingredient bins and right. cook up real quick pizza, and that kind of reminds me of what Stormwatch is. Yeah, where else are you going to put Martian Manhunter? It just kind of sounds a lot of It's like, yeah, well, we can uh, have it Stormwatch. Uh, Paul, what are you doing? Nothing. You want to write this? Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but did did you see the revamped uh, demonites from um, Wildcats? They're huge. They're freaking colossal things. They're not just oh, yeah. you know above average human size. They're beasts. They're gigantic. It's it's, it's all good. I'm it's all good. so it's glad they integrated it's the Wildstorm. Who's bisexual? They're going to emphasize how Voodoo's bisexual. So it's all good. Take that up with Mr. Ron Mars. It's <laughs> <laughs> very... not in the refrigerator. I guess it's all right. <laughs> That's nice. Oh damn. Give Ron the benefit of the doubt. He's oh, I am. I'm buying that book. Stop. Shit, it's voodoo. Yeah. You know, and speaking it's, it's, it's of... Uh, I was just going to say, speaking of art that didn't quite deliver, um, the, the the Pacheco on the schism isn't... Uh, isn't, isn't you didn't like Pacheco? Oh. On the one issue? You no, know, I, love, I love me some Pacheco normally, but... Not, so, I'm not feel, read, I'm, so did you read the first three issues or just the first issue? The first two. 
Oh, okay, so you didn't get to the Acuna issue yet. Okay. No, no, the third one sitting here on my pile just came last past Friday, but no. I've been, hearing, I've been hearing bad things about the Acuna issue. I haven't seen it. I can't imagine Acuna not delivering. Oh, I, course, forgot, I, see, I, I forgot I forgot to wear my uh, coal miner's lamp hat. So I really oh, snap. No. But, um... So it was Marvel coloring? Frank Diamond. I don't know who was coloring. It was. It was just. Uh, no, I think it was. I think this. Actually, you know what? I didn't check to see if there was an actual color sound or if Acuna did it all. But uh, is that what you're referring to? Is was it really dark? It was dark. It was dark. Yeah. Well, so Spe- speaking of color. speaking of dark, uh, is, has anybody uh, paged through the first issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from IDW? No, no. Sold out. Where? Oh, friggin' the coloring. Ooh. Oh yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, I've heard good stuff about the story. Yeah, it, I mean the art was fine. It's just that I mean the coloring was a little bit left of murky. Just yeah, not. And oh, I think he, even uh, Kevin Eastman said, you know, check out the digital version because it's a lot brighter. Really? That's because it's backlit, dude. <laughs> um, I actually I dropped off at uh, at Challengers because I want to buy that that Teenage Mutant uh, the TMNT collection because I missed out on the Mirage one that came out like three years ago went yeah. out of print and now it's like because it's actually like uh, how much you're saying that Erie comic is is going it's not eight thousand dollars <laughs> it's it's fucking expensive anyway. Um, I asked them if it came out today, and they were like, it was supposed to, and they looked at the um, solicit. It's been re-solicited for December 28th, which is the last Wednesday of the year, which apparently it's kind of like uh, a garbage pail collection of, of, of re-solicit dates. Mm-hmm. So it's, oh. it's, it's still solicited. They don't know when it's going to come out, but it yeah. is still solicited. So mm. it's I, I, I was really bummed, because I've I, I was talking about that uh, that comic this weekend. I really want to go back and reread that stuff, and I don't have any versions of it anymore. Uh, Bummer, I'd man. let you borrow mine, but I don't let it out of the house because it's signed by both Eastman and Laird. Either. Still, still, I think. Go ahead. Um, Acuna did color the issue, so I don't. I, I don't know who colored the first two issues by uh, Pacheco and and Cho, but. Um, I don't really know if I can say that this is uh, Marvel's muddy coloring this time around. Oh, the first two issues weren't it, bright. It, I mean, the first two is issues. He, is, he, is he taking some uh, coloring tips from uh, Joe Mad? <laughs> but see, I see black lines on here, so it looks like he's actually done some inking. Let's look oh. at the palette. Hmm, red and brown. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> see, that's wow. that's not sh- that's not shit on people. Just no, just no, say no, you know no, Akuna Matata. And then we'll just move <laughs> Unheard of. I want to hear Jason. I want to hear his thoughts on the first issue. Or at least the first two. Uh, oh, um, well, um, uh, hmm, uh, well, first of all, I, I can't, well, I can't speak, well, I, I can't speak to schism without speaking to prelude to schism. Oh, because, okay, so that I didn't read. All right, I got to find that then. Oh, well, well, you didn't need to, as it turns out. <laughs> Okay. But it it was Prelude to Schism was and, and again not, not to be negative but it was it, when the dust settled it was nothing but a four issue blatant money grab which Ooh. just drives me up a wall. No. Um, and I should know better. I really should. 
anytime something's like Prelude, I should not bother with it, but I got sucked in, and um, it's uh, written by Paul Jenkins, and um, it's basically, I mean, the entirety of the four issues is the X-Men standing around Utopia talking about something's coming, they have no hope to defeat it, and Cyclops calling each of them in one-on-one to ask for their advice and thoughts as to what they should do, and then them walking back out and saying, he's got a tough decision to make, but we, we, we should, maybe we should stay and fight, or maybe we should go, but no matter what, we can't beat it. And it keeps alluding to all this without actually showing you what it is. I'm thinking, okay, at least by the fourth issue, we'll see what the thread is. Um, but no, no, we never do, actually. So uh, it was really, really strange. And what made it even stranger is that... Uh, I was listening to an interview with Jason Aaron, who I think I think it was actually Ron that did it on uh, iFanboy, um, Don't Miss. I, I'm pretty sure it was Ron, but I, I, I know I remember listening to Jason speaking to somebody, and he uh, he was asked about Prelude and the threat, and Jason was like, oh, well, whatever Jenkins was putting in that book has nothing to do with, with, with Schism. The, the threat wow. that he was alluding to is not that what we're dealing with. <laughs> and then I'm like, That's okay, awesome. so quite literally we never... <laughs> Find out what this is, and yet they're treating it. I mean, this is a a group of people that have fought all manner of world-changing threats, right? So they don't really have too many things that they're not afraid or that they're afraid to go up against. You know, apocalypse. You know, whatever. You you the list is long, and yet in this four issues, without seeing it, they're like, oh, we're we're not ready for this one. This one's going to beat us, and then we never find out what it is. It's like it was just that's ridiculous. So so jumping into schism, um, I mean, I definitely was was taken aback by the Pacheco art because I do love him so much so it was hard for me to disengage from that frankly um, that said I thought the uh, the setup I dug I dug it a lot I I, I thought the Cyclops uh, Wolverine moments were, were cool um, I liked that you had uh, Logan sort of doing his classic partnering up with a um, with a uh, you know with one of the young girls in this case it was uh, Edie who's the uh, the uh, she's half she has um, she has ice and fire powers. Um, oh, okay, because you know, I was wondering. She's, she's, I... Yeah, she's from the uh, Generation Hope crew. Right. So he he you know he kind of makes nice with her, uh, takes her under her wing a little bit. He you know he has to go off with Cyclops to um, to the UN and Cyclops it's a little contrived. Like, he goes to the UN, or not the UN, but it was like a, a, a global disarmament conference like a GA kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, and he, he comes out and says, I want you guys to all disband your Sentinels. And they're all like, well, we don't have any Sentinels. What are you talking about? And, uh, <laughs> and then, of course, uh, as you mentioned when you talked about this, Quentin Quire shows up, um, and it's the classic, let's let's make the, the mutants look bad, which is what Quentin wanted to have happen. It leads to all the countries getting their Sentinels out from the crates, and all of a sudden, I guess we're supposed to be shocked and awed at the fact that every country has different types of Sentinels ready to attack the mutants. But, you know, look, I mean, if you've read X-Men comics as much as we have for the last 30 years, eh, Sentinels aren't exactly, you know, like, they're not exactly sh- shocking villains at this point. Yeah, right? they're, like aim, they're like aim troopers at this point. Yeah, you know? and, and especially keepers. because I thought we really had a really cool incarnation of the Sentinels pretty recently in the uh, Second Coming you know where they yeah. put the the uh, energy shield around Utopia, and then they had Nimrod come and Master Roll. So I, you know, it's 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 hard for me to imagine that this 
each country having its own bunch of sentinels is really all that um you know Im- important in the grand scheme of things so um but whatever. I mean, it was. I mean, that, but that you know, that was fine. I mean, it sets up the idea of that they're going to have to go out and fight a lot of different sentinels and either be proactive or just sort of protect themselves. And I'm, I'm guessing, although you know, we'll see. I'm guessing that is ultimately what the, um, the quote unquote schism is. Do you go out on the offensive and go into all these sovereign countries and destroy these weapons of mass destruction that are that are geared to kill you, or do you sit back and you know they're treat, treated as detente because. You know, you're already seeing in the book like Storm is like, well, look, they haven't really done anything. They're just they're just sword rattling, and then, uh, you know, and then others are saying, well, wait a minute, these are it's more than that. I mean, they're they're arming these things, and these things are designed to destroy us. And you know, there's only two of a hundred of us left in the first place. So, I dig that. Um, I uh, I'm hoping this this series sets in motion for once and for all what direction Cyclops is going to go in, because I feel like each writer that we've had on the books picks one version of Cyclops and it's never consistent. You've got the guys that now portray him as the total badass leader that's kicked Xavier to the curb and is decided it's his job to, to almost forge Magneto's view of things and, and create a nation and protect them at all costs. And then you've got the other side, which is the, Oh geez, oh my! I'm not ready to be a leader. Let me ask everyone for consensus, and I'm just not sure if I'm making the right decision. Which is like, first of all, it's annoying. Like second my of boss. all, well, <laughs> second of all, it just it doesn't fit. I think with what Scott's journey all, all over the last bunch of years, and yet a lot of writers yeah. still fall back to that. And Jenkins did that same thing. So I, I hope that that this establishes Cyclops as as, as a badass leader because because. You know, womanizer, bad husband that he may be, bad dad. Uh, he, he's, he's, I think, certainly qualified now and shown himself to be a, a very credible uh, leader, both on the battlefield and off of it. So, you know, he's, um, he's done the one thing that that Xavier and Magneto couldn't do, and that was unite mutants, right? I mean, Caffeine. he got everybody to Utopia. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I, I loved, I absolutely loved, loved, loved the new head of the uh, of the Hellfire Club. Uh, I, I <laughs> yeah, love it to death. Um, I think that that's the best part so far. I I, 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 lo- I love the Hellfire Club anyway, but but in, introducing new blood and someone of this type with 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 the twist that they have with with who the person is, I, I love that. So, you know, overall, I mean, I'm 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 a pretty easy sell when it comes to X Men events. So it could be mediocre and I'll enjoy it. But you know, um, I, like I said, I thought the story off to a pretty decent start. Um, it, it, not earth-shattering by any stretch, but but cool enough. They set the pieces in motion, and uh, and the art again. It's Pacheco, so it's not like I'm screaming it was bad, but um, but you know, it's definitely not. What it's I'm, not Avengers Forever, Camelot Falls, Pacheco. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, his Ultimates work wasn't uh, Avengers Forever, Pacheco either. Yeah, I know. It's like once he came back after he left. DC with the Superman story with, with Busick, it's like, and he signed the Marvel exclusive. It's like, well, what, what happened to that to that guy? And I and I get the whole, you know, before people start getting on us on Twitter and shit about styles changing and artists grow and adapt and one, I, I I get all that. I'm just I know that probably got tired what, of all that intensive just, detail. Probably, yeah. you know, I just I it's, it's yeah, same thing with Ramita, same thing with Burn. I mean, we all have our artists where you know, oh, remember when he did that and it looked great and that's. I mean, I'll take as 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 great as Leave It to Chance is. I like Paul Smith when he did Uncanny X-Men more just because mm-hmm. I like that style. That's that's right. that's the artist that – so, I mean, I get – I completely get the whole I wish he could 
I wish his style was still like this because that's what I liked. That's when I was reading it. But you know, I mean, it's still like you said, it's still Pacheco. It's not, it's not horrible. It's just not something you might expect to see when when you open up a book penciled by Pacheco. I mean, I thought, as far as you know, how his Wolverine looked, I thought. I mean, I, I mean, and then you read the second issue, and and Scott's not as buff as he was in the first issue, and, mm-hmm. and he's not maybe not as as short and squat as he was in the first issue. So I mean, that's that's the one downside i think with this miniseries is that it, we're getting a different look with each issue and i mean and, and yeah and we're gonna get that return to the 80s with the fifth issue when alan davis comes on so i mean i'm oh, all can't wait. <laughs> psyched for that but can't it's just wait. like it's it's i i remember to follow the mutants and i just i'm so i'm just i'm i'm liking the event because i've only been reading the x books in collections the last collection i read was um uh uh Nation X, and that's when when Kitty came back, and mm-hmm. so I mean I'm I'm Wait, months she's, she's off the uh, she's off the rocket. Yeah, well yeah. that's that when in in that collection they brought her back to Earth because Magneto finally joined the team, and and so she was kind of she was trapped, but I'm sure now. Oh, actually, yeah, because in the second issue she uh, she's she's and that's and that's the cool thing about this is that we don't really see all the mutants together like there's no there's no legion of superheroes or justice league splash page with everybody on the team coming at you it's because you already have the people overseas in the third world countries fighting other sentinels and 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 the cuckoos are you know dispatching everybody here and there so i mean we just know that rogue is somewhere fighting over here and and everybody else is already stationed where they need to be to 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 do their fight but um you know, but but yes, Chris. I mean, she she finally is off the rocket, but uh, she was she she was still on the rocket when she came back to Earth. Uh, <laughs> it sounds dirty. It does. <laughs> Kitty's on the rocket. You yeah, know she's what? Rocking the big silver rocket. I have absolutely zero interest in in any of the mutant books. Although I did hear Riley Rosmo drew three issues of of Dark Wolverine. I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. Well, that's cool. Or, yeah. I mean, is that good or they're book gonna yet? yeah. 10 to 12 or something. I don't know. But anyway, I, I have zero interest in the X-Books. I almost wish, and I know it would seem a bit, well, a lot reactionary at this point. I almost wish that Marvel would pull an Age of Apocalypse and just strip it all, bring it back all back to zero and start over again. I mean, because what more can they do with these characters that, that's already been done? You say, you know, you see Scott in, in many Can't different forms. Can you say that about all of them? I was just going to say. Yeah, that. you can. And I, and I think of, of any title, I think the X-Books are just ripe for a scrubbing. Just, just take it all back to zero. Start it over again. Well, isn't that, I mean, aren't they kind of, sort of, maybe doing that at the end of Schism? Are they? I don't, I don't, I don't even... You're, you're, getting, you're getting a new one, Candy number one. And you're getting was it Wolverine and the X Men or something? You're you're just you are oh. getting they're they're kind of, um, yeah. But you're still keeping Legacy, right? You're still keeping all the ancillary titles, at least at first. Okay, are they, okay. I wasn't. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't know that's another just... problem too. So many friggin' titles. So many. Yeah, no, you're absolutely teams. right. It's almost hard to keep everything in track under. <laughs> I mean, I know Jason can do it. When... Well, I think the difference for some reason I think it's. I mean, because there are what there are there are always ten to twelve Bat books. There are always you know three or four Superman books. There there are plenty of other. There's now four Green Lantern books, but I think with the X books, I think the thing that's confusing or, or frustrating to people is for some reason that series of titles people are convinced they have to read every one because they're all intertwined. And you know, I can think back to a couple times where they've gotten a new direction, a new set of writers, and they always come out and say, including this current batch, you know, 
one of the things that that we have is that usually we get we all get too caught up with each other, so we're going to each tell our own stories, not worry about tying everything in, and then whether it's just the way the universe works or editorial or whatever, within an arc or two, inevitably the books start tying back into each other. Yeah. Um, and so it is a fair criticism. It really is. Um, because if you think about it, there's been an, a mutant-focused, quote-unquote, event every six to nine months for a long time. And certainly during those times, all the X-Books tie into one another and often in a sequential form where they're telling one big story. So it is a big commitment. I mean, you, I, I, you know, it's hard for me to say empirically because I read them all anyway. But I do think, if I'm just sitting here thinking about it, it is probably very hard for most of those books to just pick them up and read them uh, without yes. having things on it. I, I do think that is a fair criticism, and I know Marvel Marvel has seemed sensitive about that criticism, but fair is fair. So, um, you know, I, I'm not sure if you could just read Uncanny. And and it be wholly satisfying. I, I, maybe you can, maybe you can. I, again, I, I'm not in that boat because I've never been. I've, I've been the sucker that buys every X book every month. But you know, objectively, as I think about it, I do think that's probably difficult for some people to do. And I know there are certain people like I know Bob Retall. Every time he never buys the X books, then they'll they'll you know sort of get him to try out. You know, oh, it's a, it's a new status quo. We're going to streamline things, and he'll give them all a try right. for a month or two. And then you know you've done it, Chris, and then. You know, inevitably you're you're chugging along, and people are like, "Oh, that's good." You know, I know Connor's another person like that. Connor Kilpatrick, he he'll, he'll try him and say, "Oh, this is good." You know, things are just 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 self-contained, and then inevitably, three six months down the line, you get that checklist in your book, and it tells you you got to buy the thirteen parts all in order, and and everybody, you know, unless you're a hardcore X fan, you abandon them. And you my, my 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 favorite X books from the last couple of years, actually going back, I guess more than that now. Uh, Whedon's Astonishing X-Men, Surprise. Yeah. And, and I really enjoyed the uh, uh, X-Men First Class and Wolverine First Class because I'm an oh, old God, yes. fucking nerd. And, and I mean, parts of parts of Schism, especially with, with the way Jason Aaron has the characters talking to one another, reminds me of Whedon's dialogue in Astonishing. And it's just, I mean, it's like I said, it's only been three issues. I haven't read a lot of Aaron's mutant work. I, I read the first, uh, I guess, the, the, the Wolverine Weapon X. and, and mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I've read his Wolverine, but as far as, you know, him him putting words in, in Scott's mouth and, and, and orchestrating the entire team, um, I'm not too familiar with. But I, I am, I, I do like his, his, his mutant work. They wrote the uh, but I do agree with you, David. I think Aaron has done a great job with um, with Wolverine, and you know I gushed about that that one issue, this the one shot that uh, the point one issue where where uh, you know it was Wolverine being late to his own surprise party. Yeah. Um, and Aaron's done some really fun stuff with the character. He really gets him. So I I definitely am stoked at him sort of setting the the new table. But um, you know it's just. Um, it's got to be tough. I mean, because one of the reasons we keep coming back to these characters year after year after year is a familiarity with them, an appreciation for the history. I mean, that that is a big part in why a lot of us, particularly, continue on, right? I mean, because we we care about these characters, we know their histories. It means something more than just a, a story. On the on this, and I, and I'm sure it's the same way for a lot of these writers who grew up with these characters. But there are times when I think a little freshness can really help. Like, for example. Um, Spider-Man, a lot of people really are excited when Spider-Man went thrice monthly, and there are a lot of reasons for that. But I think a huge part of, at least from my purview, of the success of it was not so much that they 
got rid of things like the MJ marriage or whatever and all that. And, and but it's because they told fresh stories. They told they created different villains. They basically shelved all the old villains that every Spider-Man person had seen a million times. And they kept that up for a good long while. I'm sure it was Spider-Man, but he had a new cast of characters, or at least somewhat new. You know, he had his new roommate, and he had a new love interest, and, and you know, so there was newness to it. You had the character you cared about, that essence that, you know, you had Peter Parker, which you, you as a fan, you need to have. But a lot of the stuff around him, and including his threats, were, were new. You know, they were fresh. And I would love to see other mainstream superhero universes do that more. I mean, the, the X-Men kind of paint themselves in a corner sometimes that way they feel like it's the dc equivalent is, is ironically teen titans right i i i always feel like read teen titans it's like you can you can pull out of a hat four different villains that you know you're going to see you're going to see trigon you know you're going to see brother blood you know you're going to see right? I, don't, I don't think there's anything again, right? ironic the about that yeah it's the same thing with with the x-men right i mean i i love the sentinels i like i said i thought the the Nimrod and, and all that isn't stuff. Isn't it the same thing with all of them, though? Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. I'm saying yeah. where I think it gets cool is when they they flip the script, like with with Amazing Spider-Man did. I mean, they had a bunch of new villains for for what two, three years straight. Yeah. It was awesome, yeah. and yeah. then and then they were cool because yes, then they went, they did that for two years, and then they had some of the villains come back and 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 fight him in the gauntlet. But they were like new versions of the villains, which was pretty right. cool. Yeah. So you know, I, I think that I think that um, uh, Gabe and Parker are doing that with the Hulk. Absolutely. Right. That's mm-hmm. a good. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. a good point. Yep. Absolutely. Um, um, you know, Omega X. Well, and, you know, and the other thing is that you know, I know that these are tried and true uh, properties, and we all, and we all love that. But you know, it's one of the things that I loved about like Dynamo Five. It's you know, it's it's new. It's 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 old tropes, but sure. it's 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 new characters. Oh, invincible. So, that, yeah, that's invincible. true. But even, yeah. I mean, yeah. again, I mean, I, I'm. It's a little bit of a different parameter in the sense that. Uh, with it being in the in the Marvel or DC universe, they they have a little bit of a uh, both a a creative and a uh, financial reason to keep a lot of the characters in play, including the villains. Oh, so they, sure. exactly. Yeah, but, I mean it, these are characters that were around before we were born. They're going to be yeah. around after we're born, and they have to yeah. keep doing something to make sure that the re- I mean it, it, we like, may not be the readers, stuff, like like Remender, right? Like like. I'm not saying they have to just completely scrap all these characters and come in new ones. I mean, although it would be nice every now and then if they did that. But like what Remender's doing with Uncanny X-Force. Now, one of the reasons I think so many of us hardcore X-Fans are digging that is because Remender is clearly one of us, right? He's he's paying homage to the 90s and the Morrison X characters in a way that other guys hadn't in a while. And he's just totally over the top in the way that he like, you know, he's doing it in that totally over the top, uh, you know, love it or leave it way. But what's cool is like so in the in the first arc. So spoilers to those who haven't read Uncanny X Force and and, and plan to, uh, you know, it involves Apocalypse, which would classify as one of the villains that we see over and over again. But it was a really great fun arc. Well, not, not a fun. It was a great entertaining arc because Remender he switched up a little bit. Yes, it was Apocalypse, but it was Apocalypse as a as a as a young child, you know, <laughs> which made it a much more difficult thing because. There's nothing hard about Frank, but it's the. Oh boy! Oh crap! Oh, yeah, we're losing you, Jason. Come back. Not good. Oh man, he was on a roll. Yes, he was. This sucks. Should, uh, we should he bombed. He bombed out. Oh, we crap. should pause and come back to him because he was on a roll. Okay, I want him before to I forget. That. 
I need him to finish that thought. I do. I do. I just want to make it known that 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 Rob's name on the form because he doesn't go by Rob Bella on the form. It's Thanos. Doom. That's who I'm talking about when I want to thank you for the books he sent. Wow, that's right? a that's so I a, just wanna, a huge flashback. I just hey, I don't want to forget. Okay, that's what I'm saying. All right, so <laughs> we're, we'll be back after this important uh, voice message. Ooh, voicemail? Yeah. No, no voicemail. We'll be back. No voicemail. No voicemail. Then I got to edit them. Bye. Voicemail is stupid. Oh, geez. Uh, well, what I was saying is is that Remender, the cool thing is that he took familiar tropes, but he 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 put a little twist on them to make them fun again. You know, he he made Apocalypse a child, which which really makes the moral dilemma of what to do about him a completely different story. And then he turned the horseman... Uh, which again, very familiar concept for horsemen, but he made them really wacky new ideas. Like there was a Civil War drummer who, when he beat his drum, caused pestilence, and you know it was just very, very cool. It was a giant. Um, there was a the, the war horseman was this giant Taurus Minotaur looking guy that had actually been one of the world's first mutants, and he was worshipped as a god for hundreds of years, and uh, now he's you know the, he's Apocalypse's war. So it just was he he he. So he kind of did a little bit of both. He 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 played in the familiar, which probably he felt he had to, um, but at the same time he made it different enough that it was interesting. And um, I just think that it'd be nice to see writers do more of that, you know, yeah. because you can use these characters, you can either use them as legacy characters, or you can even use the same ones, but you can you can change them up, you know, you can you can yeah. alter them without, you know. You can you can do what you need to do from a corporate standpoint and still make them unique. And and just circling back, the reason I brought all this up is because that's kind of where I felt with 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 parts of the, of Schism so far is that again, there's nothing inherently wrong with Sentinels, even though we've seen it a million times. But if you're gonna do a story about Sentinels, it's got to be different, you know, whether it yeah. be the motivation of the Sentinels, the type of Sentinels. Who's pulling the string? It's just you know it can't be a bunch of the uh, the sentinels we've seen a trillion times in the book. So uh, you're, you're, you said that he's uh, sorry that Remender's a diehard X Men fan, and he probably is. No, no, but he so that he's one of us, right? But he's not to the point where he considers the characters sacred enough to not mess with them. See, he knows right. that you got to tweak the old to make it new, and that's that's pretty damn smart. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, he's he and he loves, you know, his uh he loves characters like Phantom X and the Morrison stuff. I mean, he just he's giddy for that. He loved the Jim Lee, you know, the X-Men, the Jim Lee era of the X-Men. So, you know, and he's he so he's playing in that sandbox, but he's he's doing it in a remender way, you know. It's it's yeah. reading that book feels fresh. But yet really, I mean, all, everybody that they fought hasn't been necessarily new. It'd be great if it was, but it hasn't. But yet he's made it fresh enough that it just doesn't feel stayed, which I think a lot of superhero books do. And again, we've done this dance a trillion times. Part of it is just that we've read all these characters a lot. And you yeah, know, right. same thing. You pick any your any book character, fictional character. You know, you can only read so many. Like, um, there, are, you know, there, I can only read so many John Grisham books, right? I mean, it's like he's a good writer, but after a while, I was like, you know what? They feel all the same to me, so I'm done. I'm out. You know, which for some people, I'm sure they could read every Gershom book the second it comes out and love it. You know, which is good for them. Uh, that's great. But, but, but it, you know, I think it's human nature to at some point get so familiar with the characters that you, you almost need a break or you need to be surprised. You know, 
at least at least with with schism though it's not just sentinels because we have this new totally club totally i mean if it was just sentinels then yeah i probably would have checked out a while ago and not have been as into it but there are it's more and i think maybe that's why i get the astonishing feel because with astonishing you had you had danger and you had Mm-hmm. you know so it was just like there was there was a lot going on during sure. that time so i mean yeah they, they can't just have somebody come and attack them straight on i, I think the x-men work best when when yeah. they attack from all sides yeah. and i and, and you're right you like i said i love i love the Nelfar club and I, I think uh quentin choir actually aaron's doing a pretty good job of making him um you know a decent villain i mean choir was was in morrison's world you know he was obviously uh classified as, as an omega level mutant. I mean he was theoretically as powerful a telepath as Emma or, or Professor X, albeit probably less experienced, but you know, he was pretty much as powerful as they get and uh it's 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 that makes for a good villain if done right and you know playing the anarchist role and stuff. I so I, I do think there he's doing some good things. Um but just I, I thought the sentinel aspect of it fell a little flat. And maybe that's just gonna end up as the story progresses just being a plot device uh, just to kind of get that idea going of them having to choose between being proactive or passive, and and if right. that's the case, that's fine. Yeah, I I have something that's not stated at all. Oh, Let's in fact, in fact, in fact, it's pretty damn unique. I don't think I've ever read anything like this, and that's I may, the, I may I may have to to go away for a little while. <laughs> and uh, damn, what are you talking about? It, I got it last week, and I have not been able to put it down since. Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to check it out in in the free time that I. Why? Because you want to read it? Yeah, because I want to read it, and you're gonna well, spoil the shit. I, I'm not gonna spoil it. I'm just gonna tell you the setup, and it's it, what I'm gonna tell you occurs um, occurs in the this. in on, less I'm than. Dri- I'm gonna drive to Wilkes-Barre. No, grab Sterling <laughs> Stone and beat you with it. What I'm going to tell you occurs in less than the first 100 pages, and the book is 460. Yeah, 468 pages. The first quarter of. No, I'm not. I'm just going to set up what's going on. Spoil the first 100 pages for you, Chris. Damn you! I'm not going to spoil it. Uh, It's 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 a little bit of horror, uh, part Shaw Brothers Kung Fu Chop Sock. Well, a lot Shaw Brothers. Kung Fu Chopsaki. There's even a like a Western element to it. There's comedic bits in it. It's it's an amazing piece of work. It's of course from Top Shelf, and uh, Kagan McLeod. It's Infinite Kung Fu, and it came out today, in 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 comic shops. Cannot wait. You, Jason. There's an aspect to this book that is going to make you giddier than a schoolgirl. I well, I've read some of it online uh, because. When I first heard of it, I was like, "This sounds like something I would adore." So yeah, I I know what I'm I know what I'm getting, and I'm really excited to be getting it. Okay, uh, here's the setup, Chris. It's not going to spoil it. Um, I picked it up today, so if you spoil it, I'm gonna I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna <laughs> the, the, the backdrop of the whole story is this terrible worldwide calamity has befallen mankind. Uh, McLeod doesn't say exactly what, but it was bad, really bad. And it results in such an extreme loss of life that the spirit world has reached full capacity. No more spirits in the afterworld. Can't do it. Can't fit them. uh, And upon death, the dear departed can neither pass over to that place souls go when their corporeal forms expire, nor can they hop back on the cycle of rebirth. Uh, they're stuck on Earth. 
forced to find suitable flesh to house their spirits. But the only problem is dead flesh decays, right? A fact which gives the uh, confused and more than a little bit angry dead only a short amount of time until their meat suits are no longer serviceable, prompting them to procure recently departed carcasses. They got to keep jumping into new flesh bags because their old ones wear out and die. There, There is no passing over in this world. In short, there's a lot of zombies roaming around the world of infinite kung fu. Tons of zombies, but they're not your they're your typical you know more brains zombies. These are intelligent, fast, um, completely aware entities, albeit in skins not of their own. Okay, uh, ancestors, children, parents doesn't matter. If you die, you get zapped right back to Earth, and you got to find another shell to inhabit. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you have these eight immortals, uh, legendary Chinese masters who have, because they have an intimate relationship with nature's secrets over these decades and centuries that they've been alive, they, they've, they've uncovered the mysteries of nature, they've uh, overcome the boundaries of death, and, and since they have such experience with, um, let's call them life essences and the spirit realm, they're summoned to help take care of this problem in the afterworld. But they can't leave before they seek out and train eight protégés to take their their place on the physical plane while they're away. Uh, some of these dudes, there's uh, McLeod has a two-page spread in the beginning of the book listing the eight immortals and how they got that way and what their powers are. And, and my favorite's Iron Crutch Lee. This guy's great. <laughs> yeah, boy. Uh, after returning from the celestial regions one day to find his human body burned by his disciple, Lee hastily sought the corpse of somebody recently dead to inhabit. After entering the body of a lame beggar in a nearby wood, he became known as Iron Crutch Lee. His album, his emblem, sorry, is the Pilgrim's Gourd. And each immortal has a certain power set and uh, abilities that differentiates them from the other ones. And it's, it's really cool. So you have these immortal dudes looking for students, right? Enter Lang Yi Kung, uh, who serves as the loyal though conflicted soldier in the army of this insane power mad emperor. And he uh, kowtows to this particularly nasty general named Bao Chong Zi. See, the emperor is completely bonkers, and, and he's, he's power hungry like crazy, bloodthirsty, and he sends his armies out to locate these pieces of his missing armor. Uh, a quest which this bloodthirsty Bao Chong Zi uses as an excuse to pillage, plunder, and, uh, you know, murder and maim his way across the countryside, uh, devastating villages just because he can. He, he, he's a nutbag. And, uh, his behavior doesn't sit well with Yang Li Kung, but he has no recourse but to obey the guy. I mean, he's a soldier. You disobey a commanding officer and you're dead, right? Uh, until one day when the rumor has it that a division had in fact located uh, a piece of the emperor's armor, uh, specifically these iron arm guards. They, they find them in an old tomb and the army goes bonkers. Yes, we found pieces of the armor. We can go home. We're going to get rewarded. No, nah, no dice. Uh, because if that happens, Bao Chong Zi has to stop doing what he does and that's devastating the people and the, and the, 
the villages. So he has all the dudes that found the armor killed. And he tells the army, okay, pack up. We're going to go bombard this village down here. And uh, Lee Kung is like, what? No. So he, he offers to be the night watchman. But while he's on his post, he leaves, sneaks out, and he warns the villagers that uh, Chong Zi's coming. And so he saves a bunch of people. This is where the book, this is where the story actually begins, right here. The, the, because uh, Lee uh, Chong, not Chong Zi, Lee Kong is basically the star of this book. Uh, after warning the villagers, he's walking through the snow, and it's freezing out, and he comes across this old man sitting in the lotus position, and he thinks, damn, you know, this, this guy froze to death. Uh, fights off a horde of zombies, and then he starts a bonfire in order to give the his foes and the old man a proper burial problem is the old dude wasn't dead it was uh chung lee chuan who had been meditating for nine years in hopes of proving his worth to the gods but uh when lee kung flung him into the fire he broke his concentration the gods kicked his ass back unfortunately he had nobody to go to so he takes the um yeah the corpse that's in the best condition uh, that he, possible, he, he deems the young man of noble heart and he assumes the role as Lee Kung's teacher. That's where the story begins. See, I didn't spoil it. I just gave a little bit of backdrop. Th that, and, and it's a massive friggin' story. It's, it's huge. But, uh, unfortunately things aren't going too well for the eight immortals because six of their students have embraced what they call poison kung fu, the dark side. Uh, and they're promptly shunned by the, the, the eight immortals. The seventh student was killed by the other six, leaving uh, the newly adopted Lee Kung as one student and the protege of Chang Ku Lao. And this is the guy that's going to get Jason going. This, this guy has an awesome name. His name is Moog Jugular. Yes. A and this is black blaxploitation out the ass. Yes. Um, he he's decked out in this huge afro. He's got this these big ass shades on. He has a fly, foxy brown like female sidekick named Thursday Thoroughgood, and and he can separate his body parts. He can he can throw his head at you. He can take his arm off and beat you to death with it. His legs, you know, they just fling his body parts out. What the hell's the purpose of all this? You got to ask, right? So where's this going? From what I can tell, in in less than a hundred pages, it, it seems like the immortals have pegged Lee Kung and Moog Jugular as the world's last defense against this mad emperor, um, whose actions could very well bring an end to the very planet. I'm completely enthralled with this book. It's amazing and came out of nowhere. I guess um, Kagan McLeod published Infinite Kung Fu as single issues. And uh, Chris Staros and the, the fine people at Top Shelf um, scooped them up and collected them. I guess I, there's, there's new work in here too. But they scooped up the books to date and, and uh, finished out the tale. You wop. I, I went to, uh, after you talked about it last week, I, I went to uh, his website, and I haven't checked out the preview pages of Infinite Oh, my Kung God. Fu, You'll love them. I, I'm going to, but it, I just, just going by the art he has displayed from his gallery, from his, uh, from his commission work, from his uh, professional gigs for um, like Vanity Fair, things like that, some magazines. Yeah, he's, a, he's an a, above-the-table <laughs> illustrator. 
Yeah, there's, there's, I mean, there's, there's some more trucker slash Angela Torres things going on. In there. I just, I, I'm in, I love his style just, just by, just by perusing the site and, and checking out what he yeah. does and, and how he puts it down on the page. I, I definitely want to get this. Well, where do you see the, the actual art from Infinite Kung Fu? He uses these beautiful ink washes under just exquisite brushmanship. Kind of, sort of, I don't know if this, it made me think of this just because of the subject matters very fam- very similar but remember um Sanpei Shirado's Legend of uh Kamui that was published by Eclipse it reminds me a lot of of his style you remember Kamui right i want to say yes I mean, it was it pu- published like- the same time as my the psychic girl in area 88 oh, okay all right yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was their imports yeah and uh y- you know i also see a little bit of mike plug in here he has that yep. that wonderful plug way with anatomy where he crooks the arm and then he crooks the wrist and the fingers are all going different ways. That that speaks to me like like the work of, of Mike Plug. Um but it's just crazy. It's this fluid, frenetic action, sword play out the wahoo. I mean there's people's heads get lopped off, intestines, body parts just squirt. I mean, it's a Shaw Brothers movie. It but it has this delightful sense of humor to it and this real the the main character you just want this kid to succeed there, there's a a kind of like a um a, a scene in the beginning where the the masters uh begins to teach him and he takes him and flings him in this what this pit essentially and the only way and it's filled with books the only way that he can get up to the the top of this pit and get himself out is by reading the books and stacking them up that's that's just damn cool it is it it, it it's just like um kung fu what what is it the, the not the kung fu kid the ralph macchio movie karate kid karate, karate yeah the karate yeah. kid ah yeah but you know it's it's just there's there's heartwarming parts to it there's so much action i can't stop reading it that's a good thing. It is a good thing. And and That's when you awesome. look at the price tag compared to what you pay for single issues, 468 pages, the damn thing's only 24.95. Bargain. It's a bar. It's got a yeah. flexi cover. You can read this well, up until 2012 when we all die, but you can read this <laughs> to death and it's going to be Jesus. in the sorry, it's going to be in the same We're condition. We're talking about that today when that new new mattered fault. That's what I'm telling you. It, yeah. it, it's built to last, and thank God that it is, because I'm going to go back to this a lot. It's just mm-hmm. that freaking good. Yeah. Well, and, and he, he um, if you go to his website, uh, which is uh, infinitekungfu.com, mm-hmm. uh, he's got, you know, Sketch Gallery up there, and he's got some awesome commissions that he's done. Like, he did a series of uh, Marvel villains, uh, Spider-Man villains that were, uh, like, as homeless people. Nice. So like he's got like Juggernaut riding like a hobo in the back of a train car. He's got nice. a big fat uh, cat lady, black cat. He's got uh, you know uh, Mysterio with a ladle of nasty soup, in, you know, boiling in a little corner of an alley. Like it's it's great. And then uh, uh, and just for those wondering, he he was I think he was just at Baltimore, and he will be at New York Comic Con. Yay! So I'm hoping to meet and get something from him there. Yeah, he well, renders the flashback sequences in in really tight, thin, wispy lines. It's 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 it makes you think. 
we've seen it all or so we like to think and then somebody like kagan mcleod comes down the pike and it's like damn i guess we haven't because this guy's totally unique awesome it, it, it's it's brilliant and, and i i highly endorse it i don't know if if these companies wait for the, the second half of the year to to release all their monumental books just so they can get a, a be fresh in everybody's mind for the best of lists but last week it was forming for Madhouse yeah. and, and No Bra, this week it's friggin' Infinite Kung Fu. These are major works, and, and poor, you you got to check them out. Poor Duncan. For real. <laughs> Duncan yeah, was real. at the beginning of the year, and we're like, oh yeah, Duncan the Wonder Dog is gonna be. Oh wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I got I got I got one to throw to the pile. Was that? It's it was my in your travels from last week. Oh. Oh, before you before you bounced. It is yeah. Yeah, before I bounce, it's it's the awesome Mister Murder is Dead from Archaea Press. Who I want to hear about this? Yes. Yeah, well, I, there's. Yeah, I think we 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 have somebody associated with that book coming on, don't we? Yeah, I was gonna say I I can I can tell you about it, but why don't we why don't we talk to. Uh, to one of the uh, the brain trusts behind oh. this this awesome graphic novel. I totally shit on your segue, didn't I? Segway. A little bit. Yeah. That's all right. Why don't Why don't you no. send me his uh, his login, or did you? I uh, yeah, I, I PM'd you. Are we paused oh. right now? No, we're not. This is we- live. <laughs> <laughs> live and uncensored. Ah, oh, this is live shit. We don't we don't pause. This is the real world. We like it raw up in here. That's like. That's your <laughs> What did you say? I said you're such a shit. I am a shit. This is a don't miss. Come on. Be you nice. As of here, I don't see him. Where show. is he? I don't did see you him. Eddie? Did you? Yeah, Eddie? but he didn't agree to it yet. So we can we can vamp for a little while. Oh, there he is. I'm gonna get him. Go All get right. him. Go get. Oh, look how cute. Hang on one second, please. Oh, you got video. How do I disable that? Oh, uh, hang on one second. In there we go. I think the video's disabled. You guys seen right. any video? Nope. Uh, no. Okay, no. good. Excellent. So, Chris, take it away. Mr. Schoonover? How you doing, sir? Good. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. Doing good. Just got uh, home from a little boxing class, so... Uh Sitting down. Foxy boxing? Foxy boxing, yeah. Nice. It was a kangaroo, actually. Those comic book creators have to to be prepared to uh, um, stick up for themselves at the drop of a hat. Yeah. You've got to stay sexy so you can show like an artist alley. (laughs) What it is is I've got uh, all these pretty people at Arkea that I can keep up with. Have you ever seen Stephen Christie? The man is a... A gorgeous human being. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Mike, Mike, Mike Kennedy is a very good-looking man. They all are. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, actually, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was all for uh, uh, research for uh, Mister Murder is Dead because there's a lot of fisticuffs in the book. Yeah. I wish I could take credit for that. I, I think I have years of fighting with my brother that I just relied on for that. But uh, no, I think what it was was. I was working pretty hard on this book for the first part of the year, and I just, you know, summers in Minnesota last, what, three and a half weeks, so I kind of wanted to take advantage of it and just kind of get in shape for next winter. 
there, which starts, I think, tomorrow in Minneapolis? Pretty much. I already got my shovel down. <laughs> from the there you go. <laughs> well, hey, man, let's, um, let's talk about the book because it is, um, uh, I, I, not to put any pressure on you, but it is, it is vaulted into the lead for my favorite uh, OGN of the year so far. Oh, I, thank you. Thank you I, very much. I, Really enjoyed the shit out of it. Um, picked it up last week, and the first thing that uh, that I noticed was um, like a lot of the Archaea stuff that's been coming out over the last couple of years. The production value is well, second to none. I mean, they they're trying to topple Fanographics as <laughs> as one of the like go to publishers for um, uh, you know top end presentation. I mean this is this is a crazy nice hardcover. It's you know super uh, super cool embossing on the front of it. Uh the I'm a paper nerd and the paper stock is really yeah. nice. Yeah. And it's still a um uh, a silly low price. It's uh it's 20 bucks and I, I don't know I, how they get away with the price on their books. Like when I first picked up Tumor, I was like how yeah. how is this like what I think it was like fourteen bucks or something it was ridiculous. I, I'm like whenever I, whenever I saw it, it's like oh, I have to buy this because it's Brent's, and <laughs> like I pick it up and it's like, oh damn, this is going to cost me fifty fucking dollars, isn't it? And I flip <laughs> it over and I'm like, oh score. Um, so it was uh, it was it was not painful at all. It's it's way um, uh, way undervalued, I think, for the um, for the production in it. Well, let's talk about the, uh, the story a little bit. Uh, Mister Murder is dead. Is I described it as uh, Bubba Hotep meets Dick Tracy. Yeah, you officially have our new uh, concept pitch for when we have somebody at the convention to come <laughs> up and ask what it is. It's awesome. Um, right. Great. No, We're never going to hear the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> Your check is in the mail, sir. So, <laughs> Thank uh, you. no, it's a, it's a, it's kind of like a murder mystery, kind of spun with an ode to like old golden age comic strips, um, you know. And you know, we have a Dick Tracy esque cop who's in the twilight of his career, and you know, it's, it's got a little bit of a heist to it. I mean, it just kind of touched on all of these buttons that I just, you know, stories that I love, and um, it kind of came There's out definitely- of. Some uh, some Ocean's Eleven in it for sure. Absolutely, and yeah. it, it kind of all happened. Um, the editor uh, Paul Morrissey used to work at Boom, and I did a couple of Toy Story covers for him. And mm-hmm. I met him at C two E two, the first C two E two, and uh, never met him before. And he had just told me that they had a Dick Tracy type project at Arkea that they were having a hard time finding the right artist for. And I had just <laughs> That's hilarious. I know. And I just so happened to have a, a sketchbook that I had a bunch of Dick Tracy drawings in, and I just I had it with me when I first met him, and he just looked at it, and he rolled his eyes, and he just grabbed, um, I believe it was Stephen Christie at the time, uh, he's like, look at these, and they both just looked at each other, and they were like, hey, we got this project, um, we've been looking for an artist, and you know, I, I think a week after I got back from C2E2, I had done a few sketches, and, and, and I got offered the book. So I, I, think, I think it was that same convention... That uh, we were walking around after the uh, after the the doors had closed on the convention for the night, and and you basically told me that if there was ever a chance for you to draw Dick Tracy for yeah. for the Tribune, that you would basically do it for free. I mean, there there are points <laughs> that that I mean that has been your dream is to do yeah. Dick Tracy for a long time. 
The sad thing is, is I know the page rate half those guys get now to do those strips, and you practically are doing it for free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to newspapers. It's a, it's a growth industry, Brent. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, no, that it's always been my dream. Um, my one of my main. I don't collect a lot of original comic book art, but my my goal is to still someday own the the comic strip, the Dick Tracy comic strip from the day I was born, the original art. That it's like my, you know, key goal. Your grail piece. My grail piece, and I, I don't collect a lot, but that would be my one that I would want for sure. Well, uh, Mister Murder is Dead is is definitely for anyone who is a fan of of. Uh, old strips or Dick Tracy or any sort of noir-esque murder mystery story. It's got all of that. But one of the things that, that I, I really enjoyed about the book is, is um, it, it does something that only comic books can do. And it used um, different, different periods of, of strip art and comic book art to to tell the flashback sequences you have a mystery that is is basically decades in you know in in building and there's a lot of flashback scenes that take that take place uh during the course of the of the the graphic novel and for each kind of era that these flashbacks take place you were able to really capture the look and feel of what a 1940 strip would look like or you know a 1960s comic and then it kind of the last flashback scenes um have this really awesome like frank miller daredevil <laughs> Uh, vibe to him and and so you get to see this character the spook who's kind of a a dick tracy spirit um uh mashup and and you get to see him progress through these decades he's into his you know kind of like near retirement but was, was that you know how much of that was you how much of that was the writer and and how much fun did you have doing like different eras of of strip and comic art Oh, this was basically, for me, it was like my dream job that I just hadn't ever quite fulfilled in my head, you know, like, there was so much of this that was kind of sitting in my head, like, this would be great to kind of play in something, you know, in that kind of world, but I just didn't have a story outlet fully evolved in my head, and it was like, when I went to C2E2 and they offered this to me, it was just basically like they kind of had fleshed out a really fuzzy dream that I had had, that's kind of the best way I could put it, it was like... (laughs) wow, this is like something I've always kind of had in the back of my head to do. And then um, I had finally started making some uh, phone contact with Victor Kinaj, the writer, and he, this is his first comic book work he's ever done. But he, much like me, um, grew up reading comic strips in the paper. And uh, one of the funniest stories I ever had was, this is the only time it's ever happened to me, was I went and saw Dick Tracy the movie when I was a kid, and when I walked out of the theater they actually had Dick Tracy comic books waiting for you that you could buy. And I've never had that happen again, uh, ever. And I don't understand why we don't do it. But So I ended up loading up on all these Dick Tracy books, and I just I fell in love with them, and I kind of have always enjoyed a lot of things. Like I guess maybe I'm an old soul, but I love old horror movies and I, you know, yeah. from the 30s and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'd have a pretty good collection of, like, old comic strip art to begin with. And so, I mean, the the reference material was just sitting around here. It was just finally me getting to kind of 
cut loose and put it to good use. Um, you know, looking at old Chester Gold strips from the 30s and seeing how yeah. he hadn't, hadn't mastered what Dick Tracy looked like yet. He was just trying to figure him out, you know. And then, you know, once he got to the 50s, that's kind of like the classic look. And then once you get to the 70s, like, at that point, Chester Gold was kind of running out of things. I mean, there's a point where they gave Dick Tracy, a, they gave him a mustache for a little bit. Um, if you ever get a chance to look those up, they're pretty pretty funny. Um, and so, I mean, that's where, like, the spook, if you look at the 70s stuff, we kind of give him, like, these sideburns, you know. And he was very, of, he was very, um, uh, very Nick Fury in those. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... It just was, it was great. And, and Victor, he knew the references. We were both online with the references, like what we wanted, but it was, you know, it was all up to me. The big thing was, was the best way to do this is we had to make the coloring techniques go, yeah. you know, convinced. And that was uh, Mark Englert, who I had seen. Mm. He does Savage Dragon. He does some stuff for Hackslash. And he had actually just done some, when we were looking for a colorist, I read Hackslash and he had just done some flashback sequences in there and i was just like this is our guy we got to get him and uh thankfully he came yeah. on board and he nailed it just nailed it, it it's so. yeah the, the coloring is is amazing and uh oh for for, for the 70s it's it actually uh um have you ever seen point blank oh yeah <laughs> that, that, it, okay it, it it was i was just like oh man this, these are like scenes out of point blank so yeah uh which is one of it's uh uh, if you guys have seen uh, Payback or yep. have read the oh, the sure. first Parker um, a graphic novel, Point Blank is is another version of that with yeah. uh, Lee Marvin. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. Great stuff. I watched, great stuff. Yeah, I kind of just kind of it was a little bit of that. I tried not to get too touched to uh, attached to an actor, but there's one guy who I ended up seeing a lot of while I was working on this was Stacy Keach. So I definitely think in the sure. older like. Older Stacy Keach, I kind of feel like there's a little bit of him in the uh, in the old gold and stuff. But uh, yeah, he's just a hodgepodge of like all of those guys, Lee Marvin and everything like that. Um, so just kind of he was, you know, the goal was to make him kind of feel like this character you've totally seen before, you know. And I don't want to say generic, but you know, he he a- feels like an over the hill uh, PI. You know, but but definitely that that movie star. Um, you know, the, she walked into my office, and, <laughs> and you know what what's a guy to do kind of guy. Uh, one, one of the things that that you didn't have to do, but it just totally captures the feeling of of everything that this book is supposed to be, and that and it really is an homage. To, it it's funny. It, it's an homage to old. Um, Dick Tracy strips, but it's it's definitely adult material. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you it's there's a lot of cursing in it. There's uh, it's a lot of man, old man ass. <laughs> uh, they're old man ass and penis, and uh, there's a, a lesbian love triangle. There's I mean, I mean, this is this is not one that you know to to hand off to your to your six year old. Making music to uh, Vince's penis. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, because there's a penis in it. I have to read it. Exactly. Only if it's a sentient penis with giant teeth and <laughs> if it has a dimension penis or an exploding eyeball, Vince has to read it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, I love the uh, uh, the opening couple pages. Is this amazing rogues gallery of rogues that don't 
show up in the book, but it's such a Dick Tracy thing. And yeah. some of the uh, some of my favorite names are uh, uh, the French Tickler. Uh, <laughs> my, my dad's favorite nice. as well. My dad's favorite as well. <laughs> uh, there's uh, there's a blind um, rogue, and his name is I see nobody. Uh, uh, a rogue that has uh, terrible breath, and his name is Hal I Tosis. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, Windsor Knot, uh, Dapper Dan. Uh, there's a newsboy named First Edition Frankie. You know, it's just all all of these all of these fantastic uh, rogues. And that was the only bummer is that whenever I was dumb, it's like, or whenever I was done, it was it was just like I didn't get to see any of these awesome rogues in here. I I want to see, you know, I I need to see the spook battle the fez. <laughs> we, I know. Well, those were a last minute thing because you know Archaea you're just you're busting your butt on this book and they're like okay it's looking pretty sweet but how can we make it a million times sweeter and they're like ooh you should do these rogues like for the end papers and so I just I mean I was in the middle I think I had like 15 pages left to do and we we had a really tight deadline on this and um, so I just started emailing friends like hey man just start giving me some funny names for like a Dick Tracy type villains I had to come up with like five or six on my own and then my mm-hmm. wife came up with like Switchblade Sally, and um, uh, another friend of mine came up with uh, Tom A. Hawk, District Attorney, which is a, a like a stereotypical <laughs> Native American Indian, like in a, in like a, suit. a suit tie, and, and terribly un, like not a PC, but you know, uh, but yeah. as you see in like the fifties, yeah, absolutely. So um, they, they were <laughs> Crimebot two thousand, uh, the, the the Mummy Mob. But yeah. uh, okay, but I have a question about Super Criminal X. <laughs> is that Dick Tracy? Yeah, it totally is. <laughs> That's my thought. You I lost me that. on Tommy Hawk. I got lose it. It's <laughs> it. Vince, you will love this book. You know, it sounds fantastic, and yeah. goddamn it, I would. I almost hate to read anything you recommend. Because you're Chris, you know, uh, but it sounds really good. I can, I'm going to have to just bite the bullet, and get my hands on it. It it it, ju- it jumps across different eras. I mean, there's definitely a little uh, Frank Miller spyglass um, on on certain parts of it. Uh, it, it there's a you know, oh God, it. I don't want to. I don't want to be my usual. Uh, you know. I, hyperbolic self but um you know i i there's a little you know, stop now i want there's a little <laughs> exactly. Alan more watchman feel in in just kind of the the deconstructing of the eras of of this particular you know genre and i'm not saying that it's watchman but yeah. it it, it kind of has like that it, it kind of has that feel of, of going through the eras and and kind of stripping away the idealized view of stuff, and, and kind of looking at the at the grimy underbelly. And so, whenever you take pulp noir and look at the already grimy underbelly of a very grimy underbelly genre, it gets kind of it it gets funny and shocking at the same time. It's it's a but at the at the same time it's a lot of fun because it has that that kind of kooky um, Dick Tracy uh, vibe to it. So well, well, a lot of people 
kind of ask us, like, oh, did you just do, like, was this a Dick Tracy story and you just couldn't get the rights oh. so you decided to do it? And I was like, no, because, you know, we're kind of showing the ugly side of things in a way, but I still think the story's fun. But, like, I have no interest in actually, if I would never want to read Dick Tracy like this. Like, he serves a better purpose being the way he is, you know, and that's mm -hmm. why he's been around forever. But, like, it is fun to kind of take these kind of things and, you know, like, and just kind of slip them around a little bit and kind of, you know, look at them that way. Much like, you know, the authority and all that stuff did with, you know, superheroes. You don't want Batman and Superman to necessarily be in that story, but you certainly love going for that ride with the characters. Or naked with each other. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I wouldn't exactly. mind seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> you... So, so, yeah, I, I, I definitely, in the biggest problem, you know, when you do that, though, is you've got to give this character some history and you've got to present it like it is and take it seriously. And that's, I, I, that was what we were banking on is that we just did our job right. And that's, you know, convincing that these old pages look like, you know, there's some history to them. Adding that rogues gallery was simply there to make sure that you feel like when you read this, that you've, you're, it's almost like it's got a familiarity to it that, you know, what you don't have, but you kind of just go with it. Well, it's, you, you guys nailed it. Because well, it's you. it's really solid, man. I it's um, it's hard for me to sit down and read something cover to cover uh, these days. Just you know, busy schedule that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it, it was it was definitely a I'm not putting this down and, <laughs> and read it read it beginning to end and and loved it. So I was you know we we've we've chit chatted and known each other since the horrorwood days oh uh, man yeah at, at eight and i you you know, the horrorwood stuff is great and i really enjoy it but you you leveled up on this one man it, well, thank you it, man it's it, really nice one it was it was it was a game changer i i feel it and i'm really proud of it and you know working i mean when archaic came to me and it was like this is exciting and you know, I wanted to make sure that I did a book that I was proud of and they were proud of because, like you said in the beginning, like these guys are just putting out nothing but good books and nobody wants to be the one that screws that up. You know, like, well, that one kind of flopped, you know, and so you just kind of start. It, all it took for me was really just kind of looking at copies of Mouse Guard and everything else that they've had put out to the, that point and just be oh, like, sure. well... I want to yeah. be D D Dapperman did apparently Dapperman, at the at the Eisners this year as well, and it was the nicest thing in the world that Jim went out of his way to see me at the Archaea booth and just tell me how much he he thought the book looked great and there was a lot of great stuff. San Diego was amazing for this book. That's where we had it, it premiered, and I Scotty Young and I, uh, and my wife, we went out and I had the book with him with us, and then we ended up meeting up with a couple other guys like Jason Howard. And uh, I had the book, and I didn't really want to show them. You know, I just had to have, have one with me, and they just were, like, grabbing it, like, what's this? And then they were just like, oh, man. And they just it got a lot of great compliments from a lot of artists that I really respect. And, you know, so so that was really nice. And uh, it couldn't ask for anything more. Well, well, well deserved. My, 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 my buddy, it is... Yeah, uh, you it, should it, throw. You should throw another out. Windy City Con so we can have it. You know there. Uh, <laughs> you're, yeah, I would love to. I would love to. But you got to talk to Sal about that. All right, I'll talk to Sal. Put Sal on the spot. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's that bug. That's, that's that's all up to him. Um, all right, well, I um, should we uh, should we make uh, Brent part of our in your travels? Hell yeah! 
let me see how we're do let me see how we're doing on time because I think we can okay right yeah we're we're right in the zone for in your travels and 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 you know actually I was um going back and forth with Brent today and he said that he was all set except he didn't know what he was going to bring to drink on the show so did you uh did did you did you load up on a brew or something, Brent? I, I did, I did. Uh, you know, Good. I love this time of year. This is when everybody puts out my favorite type of beers. Oktoberfest beers are coming, and we have uh, a brewery up here called Summit, and uh, oh, they yeah. have they have Summit Oktoberfest, and it is amazing. And I'm having one of those, and it put me in a good mood to do some inking when we're done talking. So, yeah. <laughs> So they uh, they do a, a red ale in their Unchained series up there that is outstanding. Yeah, it's awesome. And you know, they actually this is uh their brewers month where they release a small batch of they let their brewers do uh their own beer and they release it to like I think it's like 20 different bars in town and then they have a small limited uh run at local uh, liquor stores and you can pick it up. Mm -hmm. And so they have, I forget what the name of this month's the brewer, the brewer's beer is, but it, uh, I had one the other night at a party and it was awesome. And I got to go get that before. Cause I think it, it's at the end of August. It won't be out anymore, but uh, they're just a great local brewery. Mini Minnesota has awesome microbreweries right now. We're yes. really lucky. I don't know if you guys have ever had a Surly, but if you ever get a chance, Surly, it's amazing. You'll love it. We have cool. a surly every week with Chris. You know, if Mr. Murder is Dead sounds interesting to you, and damn it, it sounds really interesting to me, mm. written by Victor Keenaz. Is it Keenaz? Keenaz, yep. Keenaz, and yeah. with great art by Brent Schoonover. <laughs> there's, there's no reason not to get your hands on a copy because Amazon is selling the damn thing for $13.57. Bargain. For a, what is it, a 112-page hardcover? Yep, Un unheard of. It's crazy. The cover's gorgeous. I really like. Thank the cover you. A lot. We went through twenty three different concepts for the cover. We were kind wow. of, and I don't remember where this one fell because it was kind of a blur. And uh, yeah, it, I, I, we, I, we ended up going with the right one. I, you know, I just I'm really happy with the way that one turned out. But yeah, it was it was definitely there was one thing that we had to go back and forth about the whole book. The cover was definitely it. So yeah, but, I like the cover a lot. Those, those vertical lines pull you right into the center, and then the 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 thing that really sells it for me is the blood stain in the lower right. I like that <laughs> a lot. Oh, nice, thank you. The distressed look always gets me. So yeah, thirteen dollars and fifty-seven cents. You're crazy not to get it. Uh, and it, this episode of Eleven O'clock Comics has been brought to you by, as always, by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Pay far less than retail for your books. Get them on time. Get them in good condition. Just get them. Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. In your travels, I'm going to surprise David with this one. Are we all here? Because the, this the sound seriously changed. Is Brent still here? I am. Yep. Okay, yep. cool. Uh, I'm going to surprise David because I'm going to do a 180. I kind of sort of pan the first issue of this <laughs> long-running anthology. Uh, issue two was a marked improvement over Not issue bad. one. Issue three was really good. It came out today from Dark Horse. It's the, uh, well, I guess it's the self-titled Dark Horse Presents issue three. Uh, it, this issue is fantastic. I mean, um, the Corbin story has ended. It looks like the Chadwick uh, concrete story is done. 
Uh, and I bitched on the forum because they were going to give you a 13-page preview yeah, of the right. of the Jim Steranko book that they have coming out. But mm. they did include the 13-page preview, but they did not charge you for it. The This issue is 104 pages as opposed to... Wow. 80, 80 whatever it usually is yeah. for no increase in cover price. It's seven ninety nine still. Wow! So I, I have to give them credit for that. Um, Carla Speed uh, is it just Carla Speed now? Carla Speed. No, I think it's McNeil. No. I think it's still McNeil. Okay, but uh, you have the Finder in here from Carla Speed McNeil, Michael T. Gilbert. You got what? Chadwick's Concrete. There's a Dave Gibbons story that leads off the book. Come on, uh, where is it? What am I? Oh, Richard Corbin. Yeah, the Corbin oh, no. story. Oh, well, yeah, the Chaykin story is in here too. And it, it's in here. That's all I'm gonna what say. About, what about the Neil Adams story? Oh yeah, the incomprehensible but really nice to look at <laughs> Neil Adams story. Yeah, it's all over oh, the friggin' place. Oh, Vince. By the way, I, I told you we were uh, uh, chit chatting with Tom Cioli at um, at, at yeah. Wizard a couple weeks ago. You have got to sit down and talk with him about Batman Odyssey. You guys might start making out. At I was going to say, I'd probably molest him. Yeah. It's, it was, my, I was I love like, him. you two, you two. And it's it's a like, masterpiece. He's, he's like, in 20 years, people are going to talk about this. At, Honest. Like it's one of the it's great. It's the truth. That's I'm hilarious. Like, Honest to God. Uh, Honest to God. Um, and for David, Michael T. Gilbert does a pastiche mar early uh, Silver Age Marvel monster cover, Tales to Annoy. It's beautiful. Yeah. Surprised doesn't have my face on it. Well, it's true. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it, yeah. if if you if you bought the first Dark Horse Presents and weren't all that present. Um, impressed? Guilty. Give it another shot because it got a lot better. Yeah. yeah. There's nowhere to go but up. It's true. Yeah. It's like cracked. We're number two because we don't try as hard. <laughs> um, I uh, I don't like buying single issues anymore. I I really want to buy uh, graphic novels and trades, and it just it's easier for me. But damn it, if uh, if Chris Somney didn't rope me back in, the you mean talented. best new artist, Chris Somney. Yeah, yeah, congrats! You just stole mine. <laughs> oh, did I really? Well, yeah. we can can uh, we can double team it. Uh, right. uh, yeah, the the Harvey Award winning uh, best new has been in the industry for fifteen years. Artist uh, Chris Somney, uh, he and uh, and Brew Baker and and Draco and Betty Brettweiser are. Uh, Doing some really awesome stuff on Captain America and Bucky. I'm I, so glad you mentioned the colors because the colors on this book, really, as great as Chris is doing, colors are just amazing on it. Just lovely. Yeah, she's great. Have you seen what she does to uh, Gabriel Hardman's art on Hulk? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah she's really good. Yep. I don't think not I that he needs anybody to make him look good, but well, she makes but, him look even but, better. And I don't think she, he's had a bad colorist yet. Because he had he had Matt Wilson on Thor: The Mighty Avenger, True. and 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 Brightweiser on that. Now it's like I don't, I don't think he's really been unlucky with 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 bad colorists. You have a print. That's so because far, of his his, so his far, boyish good. good looks get all the good. Know, colors. If, if there's if there's if there's one thing that this that this movie that the cat movie which I loved, if there's one thing that 
it has done that has made my life so much better is that we're just getting so many awesome World War II era Cap and and Bucky stories, and that is making because it's so rare to get those. You know, <laughs> hard to come by. God forbid they reprint some Invaders or something. Oh, that would be so good. Dude, an Invaders Omnibus would be hot. Frank Robbins, come on. That would be great. I would, I would buy. I'd be. I'd push you out of the way to get that book. I would. I really wish. Body to 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 get. I really wish DC would start a Batman line where they single out artists and do a collected Frank Robbins Batman. That would be so hot. Respect. Oh, did we lose yeah. Brent? Uh, yeah. I heard him did. say hello, and then I, yeah, he might have gotten bounced. <laughs> oh no! Bye, Brent. Bye. Thank you for being <laughs> here, Brent. No, really. <laughs> go, 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 Mr. is dead. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna bite, even though Chris likes it, because I As like Brent's I. art. Yeah. So really, you didn't sell me on it, Neesman. <laughs> Brent's art did. <laughs> Oh, it's really good. What else we got? Come on, in your travels. I, I have, I have some. All right, this is this kind of. Oh god, this is only <laughs> my in your travels because the art is so damn good. Uh, because I read the one shot and I was like, I'm not a fan of this character. I really don't think I need to read any more of this. But uh, apparently. IDW figured we'll make a four issue miniseries out of this short story written by Joe Hill, even though we already had a one shot. So, oh, the cape. I read, I read the first issue of the cape, and we pick up pretty much right where we leave off at the end of the one shot. And, uh, and homeboy's still a prick. He's still not a character <laughs> going to want to cheer. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's one of those. It, I'm glad it's a miniseries, I'll say. It, there's just, I, Mm, I, I find it very so hard. Resounding endorsement, folks. No, yep. I mean no, <laughs> no, wait, 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 no, no. The, the art, the art is is fantastic. Howard's art is is is. Who did it? It's uh, is it Zach Howard? And it's oh. uh, yeah, Zach, Zach Howard is is just it's 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 gorgeous. And and there are some some humorous moments in, involving a bear. Um, it's it's not it's no okay it's not it it is a ring endorsement because it's not a bad book it's not a bad first issue for for this mini series i just you got to just remember who the person is that that's giving this air quotes review because i'm not a person who's a fan of irredeemable ant-man because of the main character so it's the same thing here i do not like the character in this book and you're not supposed to that's the point but, kind of like uh, the walrus from Snarked. Okay, so yeah. it's 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 just you you're gonna want to I guess keep reading this just to see this dude get his at the end. Um, there's a pretty I guess there's there's a slight yeah there's a revelation at the end of the first issue. Uh, but like I said it's it's it you read the one shot and it was obviously a setup to something more. The first issue picks up. Where it left off, and uh, and 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 you go from there. But I mean, I would definitely if 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 you like great art, check it out. If you like reading stories about, that are just kind of like alternate takes, where uh, I'm so tired of reading comic books where where the good guy always wins, where the good guy is the focus, and and now I can read something different because this is a breath of fresh air. Then uh, then check it out. But I mean, it's I you know again, I am not 
big on on stories where we get to root for the uh, for the piece of shit. But um, I I was this also has to do with with, with Paul Montgomery because he uh, he kind of talked it up a bit on Twitter and uh, Mr. And Fuzzy I, Typewriter. Yeah, so I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> going to even bother with it, but once he mentioned it, I figured out right, I'll I'll just I'll and once I saw that it was the same creative team, I was like, you know what, I. I didn't find the first issue. The first issue was the one shot was easy on the eyes. So I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll give this one a shot too. And I, I guess I could say I'm glad I did, but I mean, I, I'm talking about it now at the end of the show, but I would, I would give it a shot. Okay, cool. Jason, what do you got? Well, I got the goodness. There's a week left for people to place their, uh, pre-orders for the August previews. And I implore you, if you haven't already done so, to make sure you add a little look featuring a few obscure 1970s characters that I know I love. I'm talking about the gorgeous Elsa Bloodstone, the mysterious Morbius, the oh, wonderful yeah. werewolf by night, the luscious living mummy, and of course, the man, Manphibian, the Legion of Monsters. Awesome. First issue, the Legion of Monsters. First issue. Solicited in this month's previews, coming out by Marvel. We talked about it when it was first announced, but uh, t- time is now to place those. Pre- written by our good friend Dennis Hopeless, and drawn by the incomparable Wando. I am absolutely oh, yeah. giddy, giddy for this book. It's going to look beautiful. Wando is fantastic. Yep. Uh, and Preach. I know he doesn't do a lot of interiors. People probably know him more from his cover work, but he has done a few um, FF one shots, Isla de la Muerte books, and they're yep. great. Uh, and Dennis Hopeless, you know, as we've talked about in the past, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, really his first big shot at a Marvel ongoing. So uh, I sure as hell hope it, uh, it 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 bodes well for him. And uh, I know it's a it's a it's a cast of characters that he should be able to have a lot of fun with. So I'm really really excited. We we saw these characters a bit in the um, in the uh, uh, um, uh, Frankencastle uh, arc by uh, Remender and. Uh, Hopefully he picks up where where Remender left off because because they were in a, a pretty fun place. So, yeah. good, good do you stuff. think that this is a reaction to Jeff Lemire's Frankenstein? No, this was actually announced uh, before that. Actually, yeah. okay, cool. So, you know you can't put those on go. Oh, damn it. Yep. Keep but anyway, going. hook it up, people. There are a few sexier women's in the Marvel universe than Elsa Bloodstone. Love her. All right. She would be my au pair if I lived in the Marvel universe. <laughs> <laughs> Take care of my little dudes. That squirrel girl. Nah. Aw, she's so cute. Not big on tail. Well, you chase tail all the time. Not the fuzzy tail. Yeah, I like my tail trim. More, more uh-huh. trim. You like trim tail? <laughs> I like my tail. I don't like bush. Bushy tails. <laughs> I like it a little more kempt. Damn it, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we should go out while he's all fuzzy. Oh. Going out like that. Yeah. Like, no, like this. No, like this. <laughs> so kind of funny on uh, Kagan McLeod's website, it says he's going to be attending the 2011 Windy City Comic Con. <laughs> Who? Kagan McLeod, the Infinite Kung Fu creator. <laughs> Shows you how what? much he listens. All right. Yeah. Maybe the maybe, 2011. Maybe. Yeah. 
That's kind of funny. Beautiful city in Canada. It is. That that's kind of hot. touches him first. Let him know it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he got in touch with Sal. Maybe Sal's doing well, something you don't it, know about. He, he has it listed as attending the top shelf booth, so maybe uh, Star Wars sent him like a schedule of whatever updated. Yeah, him. yeah, that's funny. Um, <laughs> how am I? Better? Sound great. Yeah. All right. Well, well I was going to say you can't put those John, those Wando. Uh, I'm thinking of X, the band. Those Wando covers, those Iron Man covers that he did next to a woman, because they're so potent, it gets him pregnant. <laughs> They're more effective than Axe Spray. I wear that stuff. Oh, it doesn't do what it says on the commercials. Do? Yeah, That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. My wife buys it for me. It doesn't do shit. Oh, Jesus. I spray it on my balls and everything. I met John Doe. That means she wants you Right, and she wants you to be like offensive to every other woman that you walk there. You really think it's offensive? I, I don't know. I don't smell it because it's on me. But Well, well I, I don't think that that's what makes it. You know, you offensive. <laughs> you're know. you're so a dick. That's who you are. <laughs> dick Neesman. <laughs> Fucker. Uh, All right. Set it up on a damn tee. I mean, I, I did. I did. But you didn't have to swing. Nobody has a gun to your head and says, hey, hit the damn ball. Dick. All right, everybody. Hey, you know what? Take our advice. If you want to be one of the cool kids come, you know, January, and you want to be able to say that you've read a lot of the books on the best of list for this year, do yourself a favor. Pick up Mr. Murder is Dead because you know it's going to be on there. Get your hands on Infinite Kung Fu. It's going to be on there. Do it because then you could be like the god of the comics among all your, your geeky friends. There you go. That's something. And wear axe, and you'll get the women. And you. Driving around your Iroxy. I don't have one of those. And, and as we're signing off, because I know, I know she'll listen, happy anniversary to my lovely wife of 11 years. Aww. Aww. She, she listens? She, no, she doesn't listen. I was so. going to say, she must hate well, I don't, me. <laughs> she'll have no idea that I said that. So. Good on you, 11 years. Yeah, man. Awesome. Yeah. And your kids are all what, 14, 18, and 22? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's it hurts to bust Jason because I love him so much. Now Chris, it's a different thing. I can bust him all day long. It's well, because I can't wait you to bust see it at New York What was that? You you were crossing. I said I can't wait to see it at New York Comic Con, buddy. That's oh. true. No, I'm be there Sunday. I'm be there. <laughs> right. I'm three right, at, right, at, right after I leave. I was gonna say, that's the plan. Been... That's the plan. When uh, when's Chris's uh? Flight takeoff. Okay. I can oh, there. you mean I just missed Chris? Yeah. Oh, after the after the sixteen flight attendants hoist the Chicago pizza onto the cargo bay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, know, you know what you're getting for Christmas this year? Chicago yeah. pizza. Yeah. I'm Man, gonna that's going to cost you a mountain in money for the postage. I'm going to send you a Lou Malnali's, Lou Malnali's, and uh, it's going to get delivered, and you're going to serve it to your family, and they're going to say, Daddy, this is the best thing ever. I better Daddy, start working out. I you, loved you know me. what I'm excited about, Chris? Hmm. I'm excited that David doesn't have Vince to hide out in the uh, room with, and he'll have to come to a restaurant with us this year. Oh, snap. Hey, you okay. know what? Blame except, my wife. Except I'm not eating any goddamn barbecue. In New York this year? No, no barbecue. Mm -mm. No that, barbecue. that last time was good. It was, it was, but there's so much else to try. Dude, I'm from the, I'm from the Midwest. 
if you're going to wow me, it's not going to be with barbecue. What does that mean? Because you know barbecue here really, really well. Mm. You know, when, when you were you're going off on the Boston thing, I said to myself, well. I hope everybody from Chicago knows that the center of the comic book universe is now going to be shifted all the way up to Boston. Oh, what a little bitch. <laughs> Send out the you know the postcards and let everybody know. Will you wrap this thing up? Like, Can't. I'm having fun. I was going to have to like do, do a Google search. Who the hell's in New England? What comic artists are in New England? <laughs> oh, I was going to say, oh, uh, I, I missed uh, the whole, Tom, whole thread. Tom's there. Right. Apparently, according to what Chris tweeted earlier today, he has a feeling his wife is. No, my wife's trying trying to get me to move to Boston again. She's going to stay in Chicago, but he's she's trying to get him to move. Nice. Yeah, but then you can root for the Red Sox, right? Oh, I'm fuck. down with that. What does that mean? Is yeah, that bad? Patriots jersey, no. Ever. <laughs> Ever. I don't know why. Have I offended no. you? Oh, uh, oh, and one last thing. Uh, Two thousand four. Just meandering. Um. Much love to everybody for the 11 o'clock uh, gridiron challenge leagues. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we, we had more than uh, our fair share of people asking to join. So uh, the good news is if you're signed up, we're locked and loaded, and the draft dates are all ready and, and all that. The bad news is if you haven't been invited to a league, you got to wait till next year. Cause oh. we'll did Chris do his thing? Chris did nothing. Really? I've been bad. I've been busy. Been oh, busy, my man. ass. You're not been a good busy. friend. But yeah, Mr. Busy. Tom Peters is participating. Mr. Sean Pryor is participating. Mr. Zach Cruzy is participating. Mr. Chris Campbell is participating. And, and many others. Look at that. Join. And if you'd like to uh, hop on our forum, as you see what the hubbub's about, it's at forum.bullpenbulletinpodcast.com. For, no, I screwed it up, didn't I? No, I did it right, didn't I? Yeah. Forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. Or you can just go to www.11oclockcomics.com and there's a forum link right there and join because we got a lot of great guys on there. You know, know this. We have a lot of fun. Yep. Lot you of fun. know it. Civil. It's a civil <laughs> comic forum, unlike a lot of others. It is. Has its moments. Except there's a. Well, there was one that I was. No. Don't go in. This week. Don't go into I know what you're talking about. I know. There's even though, even though he's right, because <laughs> I'm assuming he's talking that I'm the one out of the four. Well, if he if he, well, I wouldn't ban him then because I feel sorry because he's retarded. But, <laughs> and, and, then there was, and then there was someone on Twitter that I was actually going to drive to Texas and and test their their handgun laws on. So, but then so I'm feeling all down about the stupidity on the internet and get the nicest email from Pat Loika today that just that just made me like people again. So Pat's good for doing that. Pat is really good for doing that. Pat does accentuate the positive. Yes. Pat Pat Pat, Pat may have saved a life today. <laughs> He's di- he almost causes diabetes. He is that sweet. The diabetes. The diabetes. Oh. Nice job, Loika. Getting everybody sick. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Yeah, we all love Pat. Everybody loves Pat. How could you not? Yeah. All right, I think we've dragged this out long enough. We're done. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're done. This is what Christmas last week. Yeah, after he bailed, he had to go pick the the dingleberries out of his curling broom. 
Um, hey, everybody. We, 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 we had a great time this week. We hope you go out and get your Mr. Murder is Dead and Infinite Kung Fu. And come back and join us next week where we'll be nice yeah. and fresh and bushy-eyed and bushy-tailed yeah. and bright-eyed. Yeah. I got a big thank you for Andy Tom next week. So nice. I didn't forget about you. Cool. Yeah, you buddy. Baptism must take place on a true Sabbath with at least one coven of 13 believers present. Baptism must take place on a true Sabbath. You realize what today's date is? The eve of May Day. All right. And as my grandpappy Wood used to say, it's on to the early morn. I like that. Better than the break of dawn. Nah, bullshit. That's bullshit. <laughs> See ya. Uh, thanks, Rob. Chump don't want help. Chump don't get help. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Keep it, keep it golden. You're doing great work. The last time I did was in the books. Oh, I'm talking about Mr. Liefeld. I know you are. Bye. Say bye. Let's get the hell out of here. Later. See ya. We love you. What, what?
Hippogreen by Moonshake, who's a voice of you.